0: Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to the latest and greatest game round. I am one of your hosts, Maximilian X, and with me as always is the lovable, the huggable, the undisputed, unstoppable, Sean Templar. How's it going, Sean?
1: You always cease to amaze me with all these crazy names you find to introduce me, but I'm good. Thank Don't you. How are you never today?
0: never cease to amaze you.
1: No, the adorable and huggable. I am the last person that is adorable and huggable. But hey, we'll just leave it at that.
0: Yeah. So, uh, I've been good, man. I've been good. It's been uh, it's been a bit of a crazy two weeks for me. But uh, everything is okay. So, no worries there. Um, it's been a busy couple of weeks in the gaming industry, man. Have you been able to catch up?
1: I have been. I've even watched things I never watch. So... Uh, yeah, I was uh, I was surprised that uh, the amount of things that happened and also in quick succession. Yeah, because uh, for some reason sometimes it's it's completely dead. You don't hear anything, and for some reason, then suddenly in one week you get um, three or close to one week you get like three events. Um, and besides that, you also get some news in between that surprises or shocks. So um, yeah, it's been a a busy week for gaming i guess
0: yeah it, it it has been it's been a really crazy week for gaming um and i think i think it has to do with everything with stockpiling and i don't know uh at a, after a certain point of time everything uh i think everything is just coming out now because you know the whole yeah pandemic thing um so I think everything is now kind of in a place where everybody has their ducks in a row and they know what to do and they know what to expect uh, to be coming out. Um, and I guess the people have started to get used to working from home. So now everything is kind of, uh, you know, going back on track. But I guess we'll see as the, you know, days and weeks can go on. So. Outside of that, before we go into news, as um, as always, we do have a special guest, and this special guest is a, is a, is a friend of mine, so we, we could say friend of the show, right? We could say friend of the show.
1: It's a first-time um, appearance, but uh, it's someone we recently got to know, and it's super cool, because we we finally have someone, I think, that can give a really different look on things because of his history with gaming. So, I was really excited when he said, hey, I would love to appear as a guest on the show. Um, I will let you do the honors to introduce him.
0: Yep. Our uh, special guest is none other than Havix NL. Um, Say hi to the lovely people.
2: Oh, I think he's on mute.
0: Uh, I think you have to unmute.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Am I on mute? Yes. Yes. All right. There I am. Hi there.
0: (laughs) I'm keeping this in, by the way. (laughs) Yeah, sure, sure.
2: (laughs) First impressions count.
0: (laughs) So, um, could you introduce yourself to the lovely people listening?
2: Yeah, so my my history with gaming is quite a long one. Um, I've been working as a game reporter since early 2000s. I started at a blog writing about games. Uh, I got to know some people. uh, I grew uh, in the industry. I started work at some major outlets, uh, websites, magazines, TV, radio. Um, Got to experience uh, game cons like uh, Gamescom in in, in Germany. I've been there nine or ten times. I flew around the world for press events. Uh, So I really got to know the industry and the people who work in it and just play games. So ultimately, I worked and had fun and they paid me for it stuff like that that's so that's the, the 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 real dream to to play games and get some money out of it
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah i mean i at a certain point we've all had that dream growing up you know um even i back in the day um remember being like so enamored by the guys at one up and ign you know the old crew and that, it's really cool to see um but also the other aspects of it it is a job you know just because you get to play games and get paid for it doesn't mean that it's not a job yeah um and you know it's still hard work and like networking and getting to know people and you know also putting your best foot forward um so um do you have like any uh highlights um from your career as a games journalist
2: the, the biggest highlight I ever had is I was on a trip to England uh, for Medal of Honor Airborne and ele- Electronic Arts decided to put a, a load of game reporters in a fancy hotel. And I mean, a, a real five-star hotel. And we didn't know what we we're going to do there. And late at night, they all gave us military outfits. So we thought, oh, we're going paintballing or something tomorrow. At 5 a.m. the next day, Military hardware drives up. So uh, lots of uh, Jeeps, uh, military men start shouting that we had to get out of bed and get dressed. We still didn't know what we were going to expect. Uh, other people in the hotel were like, okay, what's going on here? All the military here, they're shouting, what the hell? And we actually got a boot camp. Uh, we went to an uh, aerial defense base and they gave us a boot camp that the Airborne's in the Second World War actually got there. And they drilled us uh, for airborne combat, so we learned how to jump out of an airplane. We learned to shoot with weapons. Uh, I actually fired a bazooka at a car; it blew the car up. And okay. yeah, it was a really hard day. Maybe the hardest day of my life. Um, <laughs> if you think, Wait, was
0: it an actual car that you blew up?
2: There was an actual car that we blew up. <laughs> oh, <Whoa>, nice! <laughs> and Yay, <okay. laughs> after two days of uh, practice, there was this role play that we have to go into the forest, and there were some actors dressed up as nazis and they had an anti-aircraft uh, gun and we had to defeat the nazis uh, and that sounds like fun but all around of uh, grenades were going off explosions everywhere we were firing at each other and within five minutes you forgot this is all an exercise and role-playing you you were really thinking okay I, this is 90 and I'm here to combat the Nazis and I have to save my friends. And you were really into it. And those two hours were probably the best two hours of my life. That was so freakishly awesome. That was really cool. That's something I will never forget.
0: Whoa, that's crazy. I'll
2: send you guys some photos. Oh, (laughs) yeah, please do. Wow, that is
0: nuts. Yeah. Oh, man. ah, It's crazy that they actually did that. I mean, it sounds like an interesting experience in general, but wow.
1: I just wonder if they didn't spend too much money on that press trip instead of putting it in the game. Because if I remember correctly, the game unfortunately didn't yeah. meet up to expectations. I, I think
0: I
2: gave it a six or something after that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> That yeah. was
0: before the time of Cayman and Lynch, and you could actually do that.
2: Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, those were some fun times. The same <laughs> week, I actually had to fly, fly back to England to go to Rockstar uh, at their London office, and I was the first European to play GTA 4 at the time. So it was oh, a good wow. week for me. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> nice. It was a good week.
0: And so you're on one of the first people to. Get to hear Nico! My God! <laughs> exactly. Oh, I loved Roman.
2: I was the first one who went bowling with him.
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man! Oh man! Bowling! Oh, man. All right. All right. Cool. Oh, welcome, Havoc. Um, Thank you. Yeah, there's like we said before, there's a lot to talk about. So let's just dive right. Before
1: in. I do have two more questions before okay. we go into all, all right. the things. The first off is like maybe for the people at home, like people know that I'm more of a PlayStation gamer and Max is more of the Nintendo guy. Good call, good and call. Do you have like a preferred platform or platforms?
2: Well, if PlayStation's Nintendo is taken, let let's say I I have an Xbox. I play Xbox. Uh, I live Xbox since the first one. I actually went to a toy store to buy a CD all the way back. And then I saw this demo pod with an Xbox and, and a game with a green guy and a car. And I played it. And some other guy stepped up next to me. And we were playing it together. And I was transfixed by what I saw. And I just went to the cashier and I said, I don't know what I just played. Just give me that. (laughs) <laughs> and then i walked out of the store with an xbox and halo and yeah history was made <laughs> and nice. <laughs> oh, okay. nice
1: okay
0: okay yeah nice.
1: and
2: my other question
1: is, is and this is maybe a difficult one to answer but um as a game journalist do you ever like for example i tried to like years ago i tried to come up with a with a game show with a couple of friends of ours because it looked like fun and we had this whole idea but what i noticed is when i was doing that that in a way i I ruined my my uh, my feeling for games in the way that I, that I, I couldn't enjoy it anymore for a really long time because you just became so critical of things because you're looking at it from a reviewer's point of view instead of a gamer's point of view, which is of course a bit more or less critical. So have you ever had that? And if you had, how or how do you deal with that? Because you, I mean, I can't imagine that you're looking really forward to a game yeah. but because you're looking at it from a journalist's point of view or a reviewer's point of view. You might be too critical on the game, which might in the end kind of create this conflict because you were super excited for the game, but it turned out to be something else.
2: Yeah, uh, it's a hard thing to come by because if you say I play games for a living, people are to so this is a dream job. You don't work a day in your life because you play games, but you have to keep in mind even the most and the, the, the worst games you have to play in. Um, so games that you really hate you have to play them and you don't have to play them for a half an hour but you have to play them until the credits roll on your screen and so that that won't be a fun 8 to 10 hours if it's a small game Um, so then it really feels like work if it's a game you really love um, then yeah you have the journalist cap on and that might be hard in some cases because uh, let's take for instance I, I really love the Halo series but Halo 5 came out and I wanted to love Halo 5 because uh, Halo 4 was the game I played the most on my Xbox 360. Halo 5 came out, new system, Xbox One, uh, looks fantastic, multiplayer is fantastic. And I really love Halo because of the lore, the, the story. But the story sucked in Halo 5. But me, I wanted to love the story. And to write down the, the review about that game and be critical about the game I love so much and I love for years and years. That was really hard. Um, so yeah, I do have that journalist cap on. Uh, I, I think sometimes it ruins my game experience. Uh, for games that I really love, I, I see things I might not see if I don't look that critical. Um but if I don't have to review a game I can just take the cap off and, and enjoy for what I'm seeing and what I'm playing. So I only have it on when I have to have it on. And if I play in my spare time, it's just for fun. And then I just won't look at the, the bad stuff and I just enjoy the good stuff.
1: Yeah. Okay. That's good to know. That those are my questions. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
0: Cool. Great questions, man. Yeah, nice. Nice to hear those um those comments that you have because I think uh, I mean, like we said before, is a lot of people that are thinking that you know you're playing games, you know, fun times. Yeah, it's not always fun times. You have to be a critic, and being a critic does not always equal a fun time, um, especially when you have to be critical of things that you you know that you love. Especially yeah. when it comes to something like video games, because you get invested in it because you're actually playing it instead of um, passively looking at something like say like a movie or a TV show or listening to music, or uh, or watching a play, or whatever. Um, you get way more invested in what you do um, because you're actively taking part of it. Um, so, yeah, thanks for sharing that. Sure. That's super awesome. Um, so shall we venture into the news? Let's go. <laughs> All right. So um, what do we actually want to tackle first? I know that you're,
1: I I, I know that you're super excited to talk about this little event that happened two weeks ago that I think a lot of people were looking forward to. And I don't, I mean, like from what I heard, a lot of people were disappointed with it, but um, I'll let you talk and share if you're excited or disappointed.
0: Well, I mean, if we're going to talk about Nintendo Direct, I guess we can rip the band-aid off right now. I was neither disappointed or excited. I was just like, nah. I got what I expected from the event, right? Because the what most people had is that it at that time, it had been two uh, five, sorry, not two. 530 days since the last full Nintendo Direct. I mean, last year we had nothing but uh, Nintendo Mini Directs, uh Partner uh partner showcases, uh Nintendo Indie Worlds. Um those were the only things that we had and games that were announced weren't even announced during that. For example, um uh Paper Mario Origami King was not announced during a direct it was just a drop on Twitter like oh there's a new Paper Mario coming out and we'll be talking about it. Like that game never had um I, I think it had like a mini it was featured in a Mini after that fact. But it wasn't announced during like a regular Direct or a Direct of its own. So people have a lot of pent-up uh, energy when it comes to stuff like that. And when it was finally announced that they're going to do a full regular Nintendo Direct of almost an hour, people were ecstatic because then the expectations were through the roof. Because remember, the last time they did this, it was in September of 2019. Before the pandemic hit. So, yeah, a lot of pent-up energy and expectations, and they were probably not met by most people. To me, it met my expectations, because I figured if we're going to have a new Nintendo Direct, it's how they have done it in the past before. They do about three or four Nintendo Directs a year, um, and the first one in the early, it mostly covers either the first quarter or the first half. This time they said up until the first half of this year which makes sense because uh june july we have e3 or we're gonna even we're we're gonna talk about that also as well um or they have their own little thing around that time and then they do it so that covers the second half of the year and anything in between is going to be either a mini direct um or direct specifically aimed at a specific game and I was already expecting not a lot to come out because of this because I'm pretty sure that their most anticipated titles are going to come out in the second half of the year, so I was right or at least I, um, it felt uh, I felt like it makes sense to me um, to do that and but up up but up Um, we're gonna go for a quick break, and we'll be right back. <laughs> Alright, we're back. Uh, sorry, we had a little bit of a technical difficulties, but uh, um, we're all back in full effect, so let's pick up where we left off. I think I was talking about... Uh,
2: Nintendo the, Direct? We're talking
0: yeah. about Nintendo Direct, yeah. Yeah, the Direct. Um, yeah, right. So, um, suffice to say, people had way too... Uh, I said it, I've said it to other people before, because people came to me like, what was your opinion on it? And I said, well... It met my expectations because I didn't set my expectations astronomically high. My expectations was already set by Nintendo themselves because they said that they were going to talk about Smash, which they did right from the get-go. Which was a good move because if they waited till the last minute, people would just be boiling over with, like, speculations. And they just ripped the bandit off of that one because, once again, that's the only – okay. Also, by the way, for me, this was the only disappointing Hmm. part. Once again, no Monster Hunter announced for Smash. But Pyra and Mithra from Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I don't hate Xenoblade Chronicles 2. I love that game to bits. I played it. I finished it. One of the best RPGs that I've ever played. Um, I'm still playing through Xenoblade 1 uh, on Switch, the definitive edition. But 2 was really good. Um uh, Some technical issues and some technical drawbacks aside when playing uh, on the Switch itself. It's a really fun game to play. The characters are really cool. Mithra and Pyra are cool characters. Um, And the setup for how they revealed it was really uh, fun too. Because Pyra was suddenly missing from the game. And the the character that she's related to, um, well not related to, but she's connected to Rex, goes around all of the whole world and goes by all the friends that they've met along the way asking them if they've seen her and he finally finds her on Final Destination in Smash and she says like she got an invitation to Smash um, really cool setup unfortunately it did not it did not say T8 how disappointed I was <laughs> to, <say> to <laughs> was and she's also being made available in March um, which is this month I don't know when um i hope it is before the monster hunter releases uh on the 26th uh yeah it's yeah that, that was a little bit disappointing um there's a bunch of other stuff that they announced i'm not really going to go into them otherwise we're going to be here for way longer than i think
1: a lot of people were expecting some information around breath of the wild too and it didn't happen that too and, and i, I already... guess where they where the disappointment came from
0: yeah, but I also said beforehand, before it was going to go down, that we're not going to get Breath of the Wild sequel talk in this one. At best, the the only thing that you could expect is that they talk about the anniversary, which they also kind of did and also kind of didn't. They didn't acknowledge the anniversary of the Zelda franchise. We did get an HD remake of Skyward Sword for Switch. And Joy-Cons. Um, and Joy-Cons. Oh my gosh, those Joy-Cons are so cool. I kind of really want them. But it's 80 bucks. I did something a,
1: a lot of people are going to hate me for doing this. <laughs> but but I'm not I haven't decided what to do yet, but I've pre-ordered them. Really? Yeah, but I, I I felt bad while doing it because I don't have a Switch, but I thought like, hey, there might be a fan that wants them and who knows, maybe I can sell it to a fan that wants it. Yeah. All I don't right. know. Or maybe if I'll have a switch by that time, I'll just use them myself. But exactly, I, mean, I saw the old only- pre-order
0: <laughs> <laughs> them, and I'm like, I'm just can't do it, man. Yeah, yeah, good call, good call. Um, oh, they're so good. They're, they're, they're so because they're modeled after the Halion Shield and the Master Sword, so they have different hues of blue to them that matches those two items, and it's really
1: cool. And I believe they also match the uh, because Skyward Sword has motion controls. Yeah. And I think you can also play the game with motion controls. You can play. And with they match, controls. so like the the left one is the shield, so that's actually also the shield motion control, and the right one is the sword, and the, it, it looks nice. I never played Skyward Sword, but I thought, like, hey, okay, that's pretty. I didn't even know that the combat system was motion based.
0: Yeah, that that was that was the big selling point of Skyward Sword. Um, outside of the fact that it's the story of how the Master Sword got made, um. Yeah, so basically, you played on the Wii. You played with the nunchuck. You played with the Wii Remote Plus. Um, I actually got the Wii Remote Plus that was modeled in the gold. Mm. So that came with uh, Skyward Sword. Wow. Really pretty, uh, a really pretty Wii Remote. Um, unfortunately, the, they didn't sell golden nunchucks. I think you could get a golden nunchuck. I don't remember how. You can paint it yourself. Just- mm, yeah, but it's not going to look that great if I, if I do. Um.
1: Well, that's more your skill then, than than.
0: <laughs> yeah, but I think it was. I think it was maybe a Club Nintendo reward that you could get. I don't remember. Remember those? Um, but I didn't care for that one much. But I got the joy. I I got the Wii Mode bundle, and it was really good. And I I'm basically at the end of that game, and I never finished it because the final boss was just way too annoying, and I was kind of. I lost my patience with that game. So I was like, I'm, I'll finish this someday. And it's, it's been like 10 years now almost. Wow, that uh, game's
1: another great. game in your pile of games you never finish.
0: Yeah. So I'm still on the fence on whether or not I'm going to pick this one up or not. Um, I'll see when it does. As long as there's no ridiculous time limit on it, like they did with the 3D All-Stars game. Seriously, Nintendo, what, what's up with that? What's up with that?
1: That's called good marketing. Um, <laughs> And Finally, somebody that agrees with me—it's
0: <laughs> called annoying. It, it's it's annoying. No,
1: because my my argument is is that they're artificially jacking up uh, demand yep. by saying this is a, because I mean I cannot think of another game that has done this before saying like oh we're just going to do it for a year and then we take it off the market. It's it? like a year, uh, well less than a year. Like they're artificially creating demand, and then people are going to buy it, and then. I mean, it's the same with what they did with the, the mini uh, NES. They said, we're going to do yep. a limited run. And then it was sold out. And a couple of months later, they kind of went back on it and said, yeah, yeah, yeah we're just going to do some more.
0: Yeah. Also not fun.
1: They don't have to do it. People will buy their their stuff regardless. So they don't have to do these wacky artificial moves,
2: you know?
0: Yeah. I don't know why
2: they do. Now but, more people sure. buy their stuff because now you have the feeling: if I don't buy it now, I can never, ever, ever yeah. get it again. And maybe it yeah. will be worth something in two years because nobody can get it. So you will buy more than yeah. normally. That's the thing.
0: It's just really ironic considering the fact that their titles are yeah. evergreen. Like they always sell it at the same price unless they have a discount on it. And we haven't reached that point where Nintendo is like, "Oh, let's do a Nintendo Selects with with like million seller games, which is something that they do tend to do, like nearing the end of a console's life cycle. Apparently, we haven't hit that point yet. Um, But yeah, the only other thing that was really exciting that they announced um, was Splatoon 3 at the end, which is coming out in 2022. (laughs) (laughs) In a presentation that was about games that are coming out in early to mid-2021. They also had Square Enix announce a new game from their HD 2D team. So the same guys that did Octopath Traveler also announced a new game. They also released a, uh, a, a beta uh, that people can play and then um, uh, get invited to give feedback on that. Like they did with Octopath Traveler. And this game is called Project Triangle Strategy. But that's like the working title, right? Yeah, you know, Octopath Traveler was also called Project <laughs> Octopath Traveler. They're kind of lazy because when that was announced and they had it out for like almost a year, they are like, you know what? People have gotten used to the name Octopath Traveler and they seem to like it. Let's keep that weird ass title. <laughs> okay. um, so move over, Kingdom Hearts. There's a new player in town of Square Enix. <laughs> They're called the HD2D theme, and they also like to make really stupid-ass title names. I really hope that they change this, because as a title, it makes absolutely no sense. At least until you've played the demo, and then it starts making a bit more sense. But yeah, it doesn't make sense. The only good thing I can say about it is it looks gorgeous, as as, uh, Octopath Traveler did. But this one is a strategy JRPG. So think... Final Fantasy Tactics or Tactics Ogre or Ogre Battle um, or Fire Emblem. Since Some people may have never played Tactics Ogre or Ogre Battle. Or Final Fantasy Tactics, unfortunately, which is a great game and Square Enix should remake that in HD as well. I have a question, by the way, for you both about Nintendo stuff.
1: Yeah. Why is it that a Switch game is always at the it never goes into a discount it's always for example breath of the wild is still 60 euros and people refer to it as the nintendo tax but like because why?
2: people still buy it
0: but that's why. Yeah. <laughs> okay. why
2: ask why ask 30 euros funny. if you can sell them for 60
1: because um, you see for other consoles for example you see that they like have mm-hmm. sales and sales boost sales I guess but in this case because you keep the price at what it is
0: kind of you know yeah to be fair it's not like they don't ever discount it it's just that the discount that they give is only in the eShop okay. and the discount is always the same it's always 33% when they put those games on discount Okay. They never stride away from it unless it becomes like a, um, like a best-selling title. So, like I said before, mostly around the late, the latter half of a console life, they'll introduce like Nintendo Platinum Collection <laughs> or Player's Choice, um, and that's what they've been doing all these times. So basically, they'll re-release a game at a cheaper price point, and that is the new price point that it's uh, fixed at. And okay. when they have sales for those games, it's still that 33% that gets off of that title. No more, no less. And okay. to answer why they sell it at that, I think Iwata son once um, had this same question asked to him. And he basically answered, well, we believe in the quality of our games. And we don't believe that we should undersell what they cost because that is the value of the game. That is his words, uh... not mine. Not something. That I'm happens. gonna grab a bucket and I'm <laughs> gonna drop it
1: in that bucket because that is such corporate mumbo jumbo. If a Jim Ryan says that crap, people will nail him to the cross because people are already nailing him to the cross because he walked back on his statement like we all, we're only going to focus on PS5 games because we want you to have the games, and since, and, they're little, have games. And, and since they're doing PS4 games now of next-gen, people are like, why did he say that? What, what? So, like, sorry, I just need to vomit my whole bucket with that corporate also, moment. Also,
0: I do have to say, I'm not 100% sure if it was Eduardo San that said that, but I do remember something like that. So oh, I, oh, man, I just, sorry, I just can't stand that kind of stuff, you know? Okay. Hand, to be fair, on the one hand, I get what he's saying, because the reason why he was... I, again, reason why I think he was saying that, this was around the time where you were seeing the race to the bottom because of all the mobile games that are selling at 99 cents and stuff like that. Yeah. And also you were seeing that happening in the games industry. Like even now you see like a game comes out, like for example, uh, Immortals Phoenix Writing came out like a month later, that thing was on sale for like 35 bucks.
1: Yeah, that's a strange thing. So one. that's...
0: but so. Then it's like, okay, so then why even sell it for the 60 if in three weeks you're going to be selling it for almost yep. half the price? It kind of devalues it. That's, I think, more the reason behind it, the statement. Not so much as saying, like, corporate bullshit because it does sound like corporate uh, BS. Um, but I think it was more into respond of that kind of practice. Okay. Mm-hmm. So... Yeah, I do agree that it's ridiculous that after like a whole generation has passed, a Nintendo title will still cost sixty bucks. Because that also happens, and I do not subscribe to that kind of thing. So either have a certain goal in mind to like in terms of sales. If it's passed, like for example, five or ten million in sales, then by definition, you should re-release it as a player select for like half the price because at that point you've already gotten like the most out of what you can get in sales. And at least that way you're reinvigorating people to buy it who missed it the first time around. It's been four years and you still have to pay full price for a breath of the wild. That is a little bit ridiculous. I agree. So yeah, it's not like I don't disagree with you, but I think in terms of what kind of context stuff like that is said, it's also a little bit important to take uh, uh, with it, okay. Um, it's also the reason why we have microtransactions.
2: Oh boy, a
1: whole different discussion. Yeah.
0: That's a whole different discussion, and I don't want to get into it this time. But suffice to say, um, that also kind of has an in- influence on how to- games are sold these days. Yep. So yeah, I mean, if you want to, like, I'm not going to talk about other Nintendo Direct stuff. I think those were the most things that caught my eye that were interesting or fun to talk about.
1: People should head over to your Instagram because I think you did, like, a reaction video to the direct so they can, like, get more juice out of
0: that. Yeah, I did, like, a semi-first impression-y kind of thing where I talked about, you know, the things that I really thought needed to be highlighted. Um but yeah, people seem to like it. Um, if you do, let me know. I'll, I'll see if I'll do more stuff like that because it was fun to make. But it was also a bit challenging to make because it was a while since I actually did something like that. And it was fun. Um, I did enjoy it. So, yeah, let me know in uh, on Insta or, uh, you know, if you send us feedback at uh, GameRivalsFeedback at gmail.com or through our Twitter, which is also at uh, Games underscore Rivals underscore um, or let me know on Insta at Maximum underscore X.
1: Now that we've plugged all those, I think <laughs> Havoc wants to talk about BlizzCon. <laughs> Heading over to
2: Havoc. Yeah, BlizzCon. <laughs> well, yeah, a pandemic BlizzCon. So they did it online and they found the best name possible, Online. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah, That's crazy. <laughs> the guy who uh, actually came up with that name has to be fired because I really hate this name, <laughs> Online. It, it, it doesn't roll out of your mouth like it should, Online. But oh, hey, uh... it's BlizzCon, it's online, so it does tell you what it is. Um, I'm a big Blizzard fan. Uh, I play all their games, even after the whole debacle about the new Diablo on phones and that kind of stuff. I still love Blizzard. I love the games they make. As long as it's not the Warcraft 3 remake, I love everything. Um, So, yeah, I'm really looking forward to games like Diablo 4 and the new Overwatch um, World of Warcraft recently released with a new expansion, of course. But the biggest thing for me on BlizzCon line uh, was the announcement of the Diablo 2 remake. Um, it's been more than 20 years. I think it's 21 years since the game actually came out. So I don't know why they didn't do it last year to celebrate the 20th anniversary, but eh, maybe it's the pandemic. Um, I think so. Um, but they actually showed some gameplay and it looks really, really good. It really, they remade the whole game and with the press of the button, you can actually switch during gameplay to the old game. Um, it, ha- it has oh, eight-player co-op uh, online, not, not on the couch. Um, Diablo 3 did have couch co-op. Diablo 2 didn't have that, uh, so they had to revamp the whole game mechanics to have a second player on the same system, so they didn't do that. Uh, but they even are recreating the CGI trailer, so they're making a shot-by-shot remake of the whole CGI movies, and they look stunning. Um, I think Blizzard really is the best developer out there if it comes to CG cinematics. Um, if they're listening, just make a World of Warcraft movie, release it in IMAX. Come on, guys, you can do it. That's better than the, the movie from a couple of years ago. <laughs> um, but yeah, Diablo 2 is it, it, one of my favorite games of all time. So when they actually announced it, I was really happy. And when when I saw how it looked and the promises for it, I mean, I can start a game on, on my Nintendo Switch. Uh, I can go to your house, grab your PlayStation, log in and go with my Switch save on your PlayStation play further, go back to my home, start it on my Xbox, and play with my save again. So there's cross-play, uh, not, not cross-play, but cross-save mechanics, so I can play on any system with my own save, because it's all linked to the, yeah? For the Diablo 2.
0: Diablo Diablo oh, snap! I haven't yeah. followed anything from... from... From from BlizzCon, so uh, this is all the first time. I yeah, heard. they have uh, wow. this.
2: They have a BattleNet, of course. the their the whole infrastructure online, and you just have to link your Switch, Xbox, PlayStation ID to BattleNet, and the save will actually be saved on BattleNet for you. So it doesn't matter on what kind of console you are, or on a PC, or on a Mac. Uh, you just have your own progress with you, and you can play with whoever you want to play with, wherever you want to play with. Um, so I think that's a really cool uh, thing to have. And I think that's a really cool thing to have going into the future. Right? Cross-play will be more and more common. Um, I think Destiny did it uh, with the cross-saves uh, uh, between PlayStation and Xbox. And I, I hope this will be a feature that we'll see a lot more. Um, because since, since cross-play, I play with my PlayStation friends who I never played with at all. And now I can play games with them. Uh, so I, I really hope this is a step in the in the right direction. Um, And, yeah, I think Blizzard is is a company who can afford to have technology like this running on their own servers because Battle.net is a great system uh, because it's running for years and years now. It's always stable. So I think this is is the good way to go. Um, It will release this year, um, but the big thing is it's not Diablo 4. So the the, the big Diablo 4 has to wait. I think that will come next year or the year beyond. But this year, Diablo 2, I think... uh, yeah, it will take me a couple hundred hours to play that game again.
0: <laughs> Didn't they nice. show off
2: Diablo 4 last Yep, left. and the year before that. And, but that, that. But they also
1: showed new the one or two yeah. new characters. Yeah, that's the Diablo, thing with right? Blizzard. They oh, announced
2: games and they release them when they're done and not before, uh, except for the Warcraft 3 remake. Um, <laughs> 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 um, I actually so had an interview with a guy who worked on Diablo 3 about Diablo three, and it was seven years before the game released. So that Whoa. long in advance, they announced the title before because they just didn't it didn't lift up to their standards. And Blizzard isn't afraid to go back to the drawing table and revamp their systems. And they even cancelled games or were almost done uh, because it would, just wasn't that good. And yeah, they they can yeah. afford it. I mean, if you have something like World of Warcraft that gives you millions and millions a month you can afford to do stuff like that so that's why i love blizzard they release yeah. when it's ready to be released and not earlier
0: what is the current number on world of warcraft actually?
2: i think the last time i saw it was 6 or 7 million
0: No, oh, that's pretty that's still pretty strong i mean it's not like what then what it was in their heyday but it's yeah. still pretty strong for jeez how long how old is how old is the world of uh, warcraft president? i think it's like like 15 more years now?
1: I think around 2005, 6, 4 maybe. I think 2004. Yeah. I think
2: November 23rd, 2004. Yeah. Yep. Wow. still going strong. Still yeah, 15 euros great. a month.
1: <laughs> yeah. I I oh, never thought pitch. subscription games would would last. And I I don't I don't think you could pull it off only if you're like an established name like Blizzard to do it. But like if, uh, bad example, if EA came out with a subscription-based game tomorrow, and I don't know if Star Wars The Old Republic is Not anymore. subscription-based. I think it, was. it was. Not anymore, <laughs> right? They, they have like a battle pass kind of like yeah. system there. Mm-hmm. But like if they released a game tomorrow and they asked you 15 bucks, I think uh, everybody would burn down EA HQ because they said like, how dare you yeah. pull this off?
0: Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Crazy. The the only other ones that also does the 15-euro-dollar-a-month thing is Square Enix and, you know, big surprise there.
1: For uh, Final Fantasy Online.
0: Yeah, Final Fantasy Online 11 and 14, because I'm pretty sure that 11 still exists. Oh, wow. Wow.
1: Yeah. I remember that one on the PS2, I think. Yeah.
0: Those yeah. don't exist anymore. The, play, the PlayStation 2 version and the Xbox 360 version of Final Fantasy 11 is offline, but the PC version should oh, wow. still exist. Wow! Yeah, I'm not into MMO, so I
1: never understood the, the, like why people do it. I mean, I, I only played The Old Republic when it came out because I'm a Star Wars fan, and I liked it. But like after a month, I stopped because I, I'm not a player. that I don't like the grind. I just
2: don't if, if you stopped an MMO time. after a month, you haven't played an MMO. Trust me. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> I'm, i can't imagine that but like the fact that i could only last for a month i think yeah i mean i have had instances in which i went back to star wars but those games you really have to play together with someone if you play it alone you're like yeah meh. yeah i love him <laughs> yeah i remember that uh and i don't know if he's still the voice actor but you had the uh the Jedi, and then I think it was like the Jedi Mage in the Old Republic. It was voiced by Nolan North, who we know from games like uh, Assassin's Creed, everything. Uncharted. But he, yeah, from basically everything. But he was so so calm in that when he voiced that character it was like he was on a constant high when he was voicing the character it was so strange cuz you're you're used to hearing him with this energetic voice as as a Nathan Drake or a, a Desmond Miles from Assassin's Creed and it was, it almost felt like the dude was just high as a kite while uh, voicing <laughs> that character <laughs>
2: voice actors um, love him yeah
0: yeah, yeah. <laughs> um any other highlights from Blitz
2: um Man? Not for me personally. I think the the Warcraft of World of Warcraft uh, Classic uh, gets an update with Burning Crusade, but whoa, no surprise there, because they're just doing the old uh, stuff from 15 years ago, exactly the same like it was then. Um, and there was a new info on the Diablo for mobile game, but that's it.
1: And Overwatch too is like. Have they given it a release date? Because people were expecting it to not. Not that year, I, I know. I didn't but...
2: watch that much of Overwatch 2. I did love Overwatch 1, but didn't play it that much. Um, I do know they're bringing some sort of a campaign or something to Overwatch 2, but I don't know that much about it. So I don't know. It looks okay. a hell of a lot like the first one. It. That's what I know. <laughs> Yeah, because
1: from what I initially understood when the game got announced, a lot of people were criticizing it because it really felt yeah. like an expansion. It didn't feel like they were actually adding stuff to it besides the the backstory to the characters. And people like like, I have to pay sixty bucks for this. It, it felt like an expansion. So I don't know if that's the reason why it kind of is still in development. Because it, it, when they came out with, when they announced it, it felt like it was going to come out pretty yeah. soon.
2: I don't know. Mm. We'll have to see.
0: Yeah. 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 Um, yeah, that's crazy. Um, the, 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 I think with. I am curious to see what a- ends up happening with Overwatch 2, um, and how that's gonna go. I am also curious to see how, uh, Blizzard, uh, Blizzard Diablo Immortals gonna like how they're gonna yep. roll that out. Because I think from a close beta that they have in australia it was it seemed like they were going to do the gacha thing so you know microtransactions and whatnot in randomized loot that you can buy into
1: well i think they said that i read one of the articles around the australian trial and they said it's like a fully fledged diablo game and that blizzard is really aware of the the microtransactions and they want people to be able to play the game without sending without spending a dime on a microtransaction. So they, they will only do it for like I think cosmetic stuff and like that, but they don't want to lock certain parts of the game or mechanics behind microtransactions because of the backlash. Mm-hmm. Um, because the people that played the Australian demo or build said that there are microtransactions in place or you you can see them, they don't work. But from what they're seeing is some people were just able to play it from beginning to end without any uh, issues with transactions or prompts saying, hey, you would have to spend money. I
2: I do think they know what they're doing because they also have Hearthstone, of course, um, the card game. And that's on on phones and and, and PC and Mac for a long, long time now. And that is also a free game with uh, in-game purchases. I've played that game for years and years and never spent any cent on it and never felt left out of anything because I could still battle other players online and still had a great card deck and that's the kind of stuff. So I think Blizzard will know what they're doing. Um they had some backlash the last couple of years of course, so I and specifically around this Diablo Diablo game. So I think before this game launches they will have their act together and know what they're doing and know that this is a big game and this franchise can be tampered with because the Diablo franchise for many players is a a holy franchise. So I don't think they will mess it up. They don't do something stupid with this, I guess, I hope.
1: (laughs) 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 Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we've come to the point in the gaming industry in which you would something that would look like a sure bet where you would say like, I cannot imagine this developer, dropping the ball so hard and then cyberpunk (laughs) happened and now all bets are (laughs) off. And I think that it's almost like this, I would call it a tsunami that has gone through the games industry in the last few months in which everybody's like, if we're not a hundred percent sure that we're able to pull this game off, we're just going to delay it. And I mean, that's
2: why you're seeing a lot of games being delayed. And I'm happy they they should because because, they now have the reason of the pandemic. People, don't care that much about the delay at the moment because, oh yeah, they had the pandemic, they had to the work from home, we get it. Normally it's, oh no, yeah. the game got delayed, oh boo, and we all go to Facebook and trash uh, something and that kind of stuff, <laughs> but now it's more, yeah, there's a pandemic, we get it, we, we will give you some spare time uh, to make the game. I think it was Shigeru Miyamoto who said something like a a great game. uh, I I know the the quote by heart, but uh, a great game will be there forever. A bad game. uh, I don't know. I'm messing up on the quote, but there's a great quote from him. I I think the great Maximilian X
1: will be able to recite it by heart.
0: I don't know it by heart. I can paraphrase it, but basically what he means is that, um, you know, you could if you delay a game, eventually it'll it'll get good. Um, but if you rush a game out to market and it's bad, that's people what well, that's what people are gonna repent a delayed game is eventually
2: good, a, a rushed game is forever bad. That's it. Mm, that's it. That's it.
0: Um, I mean the same thing happened to rest in peace or rest in pepperoni or whatever <laughs> you wanna say. To Anthem, because we ta- I think we talked about it. In the last, uh, in the last episode, that there were rumblings that um, there were that we were gonna get some anthem news on what because they were there that week up to it, they were making decisions on what to do with that game, and it had been a year and a half since they said that they were going to do the anthem next project, <laughs> so they've been doing that during the pandemic as well, and well, yeah. Best in pepperonis to Anthem, because it gone.
1: Yeah. I mean, uh, it, it's sad, because um, yeah, it sad. I think that the, the, the foundation for a really great game is there. Um, I, I played the beta of it, and it looked nice. I, I got a month of Origin Access Premiere on PC so I could play it earlier, but I never finished it there. And then the the issues started to arise after the reviews came out, and then the rumbling came out like, okay, we're going to do an Anthem Next or Anthem 2.0. I think they officially called it Anthem Next. But I think that the reason they weren't able to pull it off is because as far as I can see and read, it's the live team that was working on Anthem Next. And the live team is never a big team. It's just like a small spun-off team that just keeps the game going. That's why live teams never produce huge amounts of content in a, in a faster time window. Um, and I think in this case, it was just like a judgment. Like, if we want to make something out of this, we have to shift a lot of resources into this to make something out of it. It's been a year and a half since the game came out. Do people actually care? Um, let's just pull the plug and and shift resources towards Dragon Age and Mass Effect. Um, but yeah, I mean, this was supposed to be EA's first proper live title. Um, I was holding off on playing the game because of the update, and now... I just have to play the game. With the state but the that thing it is. is,
2: with Anthem, it, it is a good game. Uh, it was the end game that got messed up. Um, but if you just play the campaign, it is a it is a decent game. And I, when I'm browsing the Xbox Store, I can get it for five or six euros sometimes. So for five euro, you have twenty, thirty hours of fun with the game. And if you don't like the end game, okay, just stop. But the story is is pretty decent, and I still think it's a better Iron Man game than the Avengers game was. So.
1: Oh man, that oh, flying gosh. mechanic! <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If if there's ever going to be an Iron Man game, they should grab the exactly. flight mechanic from Anthem because they it was it. perfect. Yeah. 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 I mean, it's sad. I mean, I I understand. I I get it. But from a business point of view, it's it's it makes sense. But it's just a shame because maybe I don't know if if EA will ever go back to Anthem and and
2: like do a new game after a couple of years when the bad taste is kind of worn Yeah, I don't out know. Or... The thing with, with Mass Effect, uh, Andromeda, also a big failure, of course. And now they're giving the remastered trilogy because everyone loved the original trilogy. So now the lasting Mass Effect was great that we will play. Um, but Anthem yeah. can fall back on anything. So I don't know if this is the end of Anthem, yeah. if they actually have the balls to bring an Anthem 2. Because I think there's way too much backlash on this, and the fact that they cancel a promise because they promised their players we're going to fix this. They kept the players engaged nope. for a year and a half, and now, nah, sorry, not fixing this for you. So you still have a game you bought for sixty euros, and still not that great. Um, I, that that's that's where the, they have to fix stuff. They don't don't have to fix the game. They have to fix their relation to those those customers who paid sixty euros for a game and a promise. It's just that promise that got destroyed now. And if I go on the socials, if if you search for hashtag Anthem, you won't find a good word about the game at the moment. And it's all players who really hate the fact that they are effectively being lied to by EA at this moment. Because they did invest a 60 euro and EA just didn't deliver.
1: Oh, man, yep. that sucks. Yeah, I picked it up for... I don't know if it was eight euros or 18 euros, but I saw it in one of those secondhand stores. I'm like, I think it was eight euros. I'm like, I'd be crazy if I let this game lie there for eight euros. And then I knew that Anthem Next was coming. So I was like, you know, I have the game. I'll just wait until the update comes out and then I'll be able to play it. But since they stopped that, I was was thinking the other day, like, you know what? Once I finish the games that I'm playing right now, I might just start playing Anthem because, you know, there's no reason to delay it.
0: Yeah. Through. Or if you don't feel like spending sixty bucks or not five bucks on a game, you can also just um, get get the uh, EA Play and play it through there for a month. And you yeah. know when you when you're done, you're done with the single player. You don't have to do the end game. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Ooh, there was a bunch of other stuff that we can talk about. Wow, we really talked about that, didn't we?
1: Yeah, we um, also have the, the, there was a report that came out around uh, our good friend Stadia mm-hmm. and longtime listeners of the show. Talk about broken uh,
2: promises. We kinda,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah, and we, we, we had this tour Jeez. in which we, I don't know why we did it, but we had this tour in which we kind of bashed Stadia for a couple of episodes because it just constantly turned out to be different.
0: Yeah, Still regret we are. did that. Because we're because they were releasing news like every other month about it, so and everything kind of pointed towards, yeah, them not going to be able to keep their promises. And lo and behold, apparently yeah. they were doing way worse than everybody was expecting. Yeah, I mean
1: um, the, the articles around that they literally spend millions to they gave millions to publishers to get high profile games on Stadia. Uh, an example that's being mentioned is Red Dead Redemption 2. So the people over at Rockstar, I think they just, in Dutch, they, they have a, an expression called uh, laughing your balls out of your pants <laughs> because they probably thought like, show me the money. And then Google shows up with truckloads of money and they're like, okay, we'll bring this to Stadia. We don't mind. Um, and, and the problem is that that apparently internally, a lot of people knew that Stadia was in a beta state when it got out, when it released and they missed sales targets on controllers. They missed sales targets on subscriptions. And apparently the, the motto was that people shouldn't buy the games on Stadia because it's a good platform. People should just buy Stadia because Stadia mm-hmm. is a good platform instead of it becoming the best place to play, which kind of contradicts because that is their marketing. Stadia is the best place to play um and then there were also apparently some ex- deals that were going to happen but fell through such as a episodic horror game series from Kojima Productions but that fell through and apparently we were also going to do something with uh, the, the creator from Shenmue uh, Yu Suzuki and it also fell through um Funny thing is, is I was talking to a friend of mine today and I said, I wouldn't be surprised if Phil Harrison leaves Stadia within the next couple of weeks or months and that they'll be without a director for Stadia because I don't think there's a lot of incentive for, for him to stay there. I mean, they shut down their studios and the week before they shut it down, he sends the whole team a message saying... You're making great progress, people. We're so proud of all the work you're doing right
0: before they got fired.
1: Yeah. I mean, yeah. And this is what I said last time. A technology company can't just come into a space and think we have lots of resources. We've tackled so many areas. We can do this because the games industry is a pretty, I would say, it's the way the wheels turn is pretty stiff. It's not like a disruptor can just simply come in and say, we've been going left for years, but I simply shall decide now that we shall all go right. People will go like, yeah, if you want to go right, sure, man, you go right, but we're still going left. So, you know, good luck on your path. I also think they had
2: the worst timing because Microsoft just came out with the xCloud and the fact that you can stream your Xbox uh, game anywhere you want. Um, and Xcloud works like a charm. Um, I've played Halo on a on phone and it's really great. I just Bluetooth, uh, the, if I connect uh, through Bluetooth and I'm just playing Halo on, on a phone or, or on a tablet or anything, and it's just great. Nice. Um, plus, the fact that uh, Microsoft has Game Pass. So, if you don't even have an Xbox, you get Game Pass Ultimate. It's 15 euros a month. You have all those games, you have more than 150 games. And xCloud is included. So you don't even need the Xbox anymore. You just need an account. And for €15 a month, you play any game you want. And every first-party exclusive is in there. And loads of uh, games from different developers are there. And now even with EA Play integrated into Game Pass, you also have all the EA games. So for €15 a month, you're done. And then you do have Microsoft and Xbox behind it. And not Google, who doesn't do anything with games. And the timing was so bad because Microsoft announced this and it's a great thing and this and this and this. And then Google comes, yeah, we have the same thing, but hey, we're Google, so we're doing it better. No, Microsoft proved to me that they know (laughs) what's going on in the gaming space. Xbox Live already uh, proved itself to me for the last 20 years. You don't have anything to show for it, Google. You just bought some people who know what they're doing and you hope they know what they're doing. But Microsoft already (laughs) gave those promises and they delivered. And I think that's also what messed them up. And and more companies are coming with these streaming services, and I trust a gaming company before I trust a Google who starts with gaming, um, because Microsoft. Like I said, I bought a, an Xbox for Halo that was literally on the launch day of the first Xbox. Since then, I've been with Xbox, so I know what I'm getting with them. With Google, I don't know. I get some weird controller that looks like a control from another console and I hook it up and I should play a game, but I already have the game. Or do I don't have, no, I don't own the game. I can play the game. What's up Stadia. And I think for non-gamers, that's not a, it's not easy to get into stuff like Stadia. And with Cloud, it's literally, you have an, a Hotmail account. All right. You can play games now. That's it. That's all it is.
1: I think there's even a a class action lawsuit started against Stadia. I read it the other day in which they promised 4K 60 FPS from day one for all the games available on Stadia. And that is a promise that they couldn't deliver on because games such as Destiny 2 were basically rendered at full HD medium settings, I believe, and then upscaled to 4K. Um, That might explain why my first experience with Destiny on Stadia (laughs) was horrible. It just looked, I mean, the PS4 version looked better, but apparently there's a class action lawsuit going against them because they made a promise they couldn't keep. So it kind of is misleading of them. Um, Well, those things probably get settled out of court for a handsome fee for the person that does the suing. But it's a shame because I think the industry will gradually go towards the model of, of online streaming. I mean, I think I've said it before, but I think that after this generation we will get another one and then it's done. There's not going to be game consoles in 20 years. I think we'll just eventually just transition to a, a box or a Chromecast like device. You just plug it in so you can receive the games. Yep. But basically the console manufacturers just turn into publishers. Uh, I'm afraid even Nintendo will eventually have to, to admit this and and get on that train uh, or they might they'll have to play the nostalgia card and say, "Hey, we still have games on cartridges. Remember how cool that is?" But they can only do that for so long. Um, so yeah, I think, I mean, like, we and Microsoft is smart by moving into this direction. Um, Sony had kind of like a lead with PlayStation Now, but I don't know what happened there. And they have said that they are working on a an answer to Game Pass, and that they're also working on improvements for uh, PlayStation Now, but. Um. We haven't really seen anything about I, I that so far. I think we really have
2: to look at Microsoft for this because they recently announced yeah. that uh, this year um, XCloud will go, come to browsers. So just you, you start your internet browser, yeah. you log in, and you have your game in your browser, and you have that. Uh, from now, to, there will be 10, 1080p, uh, but they're aiming to go to 4K. Um, but they also talked about what about if we create an app that will be standard on a smart TV. Just an Xbox app and that will log in to your Wi Fi and you have X Cloud on your TV. Just hook up a c- control to your TV through Bluetooth. And that's it. So that you, do- yeah.
0: I, th- I thought they like. I thought they shut those no, rumors
2: down. I recently read an interview with Phil Spencer, uh, the, the guy at Xbox, who said that they are looking into that space, uh, maybe like a USB stick for uh, like a Chromecast for in a TV or maybe apps or something. Uh, not now, but they are still interested in going that way because they're the thing that Microsoft is doing at the moment, they don't see Xbox as a console anymore. They see Xbox as a platform and they don't care where you play the game as long as you play the game on an Xbox platform. So, I can see it happening that if uh, xCloud will be available on browsers that you go on a browser on your PS5 you play Halo on a PS5 the PlayStation controller is actually supported on xCloud so you can play an Xbox exclusive on your PlayStation with a PlayStation controller I see that happening with within two years Is the PlayStation controller seriously exactly. supported by xCloud? Uh, which P-
1: one? What?
0: The PS4 controller, controller is supported yeah <sighs> Whoa. Well, it has to because because remember they are doing the um the the, 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 the browser beta on uh, on smartphones yeah. right now, and yeah, you know those support PlayStation Four controllers. So,
1: but I mean, like I
0: smartphone you have. I could imagine Microsoft saying, "Hey, if you want to play." Uh, X Cloud
1: on your smartphone. You yeah. have to have an Xbox controller. I mean, I can't imagine them saying that
2: because it yeah, but makes now sense it's easier because now is... you have the controller yeah. laying around. So you're, it's easier wow. for you to start the service and give them those fifteen euros a month. And now you don't have to go out and grab a controller for fifty euros. And that could be like this thing on the road. that Yeah, maybe not now because I don't have it now and then you forget it. And you don't do it. But now it's oh, yeah, I have a controller. Why not? Yeah. Yeah, and I mean with five G. I mean, I really think this is the future. Like you said, I don't think we have that much of console generations after this. Maybe one, and that's it. Then it's all streaming. Yeah. 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 I mean, like I think next gen. So like the generation
1: after this, because people still talk about current gen and next gen, but I think like the gen after this will be Mm -hmm. all digital, kind of to prepare the consumers towards. A, this physical medium is dying because everything is done through the cloud. And then the generation after that will just be we're just killing our console business because we have ways to get it into everybody's hands. You don't have to be a victim of a scalper. You won't have to wait months. You can just play it day
2: one. Exactly. And everybody's there. Lunch day, everyone can play the game instead of waiting for six or seven yeah. months before a game shop has your pre order. You
0: know, Which is exactly. still happening, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah unless it's coming from Japan and they don't have localizers <laughs> to localize <laughs> the same day. but uh, <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Um, for Western games, that is a boon. Uh, it's crazy. I mean, it's crazy. And I do have to agree with that because, so, you know, if if, you, if you've listened to the podcast, if anybody's listened to the podcast, they know how much I love, for example, um, GeForce Now. And that is great. I can also now play GeForce Now on my phone or on a browser, as long as it's a Google Chrome browser. um, And it would work just fine. I actually tried it in browser. It works great. So I'm actually looking forward to when xCloud comes to browsers on uh, PC and Mac, because then I can actually be like, you know what? I'm willing to, like, even if it's for a month to try out to play a specific game, I can do that and then play whatever game, That I want that's available on Xbox, especially now because they bought Bethesda. (laughs) Um, I can do it that way. You know, it's really easy. I don't have to invest in a ridiculously strong PC. Um, Even though I really love building PCs, it's not cheap. Um, And to do it this way is like absolutely fantastic. So, looking forward to that. Um, But speaking of looking forward to stuff, people are also looking forward to state of play well they were <laughs> they were yeah. i didn't have any high or low expectations i just knew that we were getting a state of play and i was like sure i almost actually forgot that it was it was gonna gonna happen so i had to be reminded like i think an hour or so oh yeah right state of place happening okay and i watched it and was like okay that was kind of what i expected as in, I didn't expect a lot. I don't know how you you felt about it, Sean. Uh...
1: Well, <laughs> I mean, like, I wasn't necessarily disappointed. Um, I mean, I, I did expect it to focus a little bit on Returnal, which it did, and I'm still am looking forward to the game. It's coming out next month. Um, they showed some stuff around Kenna, which I expected as well, because Kenna was originally slated to come out in March, but we haven't heard a thing about the game. So, like, before the State of Play began... I mentioned to a friend, like, hey, they're going to announce a release date, and it's not going to be March. They're going to delay the game one more time, probably, and then they're going to release the game. Uh, The game got the release date for August 24th. It's coming to PlayStation 5 and PC. We already knew that. But now, yeah, it's also coming to PS4, which is, I think, a surprise move, because the whole promise on this game was, it looks beautiful, and we've either seen the PC version or the PS5 version. So I, I... I have a slight fear that it might become something like a cyberpunk that it might be watered down a bit. I don't expect it to be that much because um, Ratchet & Clank on the PS4 looked like an animation movie. And this game comes close in that territory. Um, But I mean, that's even better because now 100 plus million people can enjoy Kena on PS4. Um, I think, I don't know if we mentioned it, but Gran Turismo 7 got delayed till next year. Uh, it wasn't announced during the state of play, but like the same week. Um, not surprising, I think Polyphony Digital rarely <laughs> meets a release date. <laughs> to put it mildly. <laughs> uh, <laughs> yeah, I think the only game. I the, very yeah, I, th- I think the only game they they released in their release window was Gran Turismo Six, and that's because. It was a, like an expansion version of Gran Turismo 5. So basically, they had a lot of stuff in there already. <laughs> um, and then we got to see some indie games. There's a new one coming from Devolver Digital called Sifu, which looks like a really cool game. It's kind of like a, a martial arts game. I really love the, the, the art style of it. Um, that looked really nice. Um, they showed um, more around Deathloop, which is a game made by Arcane, of course, the people from Bethesda. Um still an exclusive for the PlayStation and for PC. Uh also looks really cool. They showed um Five Nights at Freddy. Yeah, I really don't care about that game. Uh they showed some stuff around Oddworld. Uh that one's come for free to PlayStation 5 if you have PS Plus in April, I think. Um so that's Oddworld's nice. Awesome. And then I remember from the PS1. Uh, I played it back then. It was yep. really uh, nice. Um it might be nice to jump back in. And then at the end, they showed uh, Final Fantasy VII Remake, which is getting a PS5 version. Um, It's going to use all sorts of benefits. It's going to either have 4K or 60 FPS. They're going to add a different chapter, which you got super excited about, but that's only on on PS5.
0: And then I got
1: disappointed. Yeah. Because um, it's only on PlayStation 5. Yeah, there's this weird thing that... This month's PS Plus games include Final Fantasy VII Remake. But if you get that version, because if you... Basically, what the State of Play said, like if you have Final Fantasy VII Remake, you will get the free upgrade to the PS5 version. But what the PS Plus version of this month says is if you download this version, you will not get the free upgrade to the PS5 version, which is super so strange.
0: don't claim this version if you haven't bought it yet. Buy it on PlayStation Four. If you have it, uh, if you can, if it's on discount for cheap, get it digitally. If you have the PlayStation Five all digital version, if you don't and you have the disc version, go look for a deal somewhere used and buy it that way. Because if you get it on PlayStation Plus, you won't be able to upgrade to the PlayStation Five. So version.
2: I, I, I'm not into this Final Fancy stuff. But if I get this correct, you bought a game on. PS4 and now it gets DLC that won't work on a PS4 but on a PS5 so a PS4
0: game no, the, it's, not even, it's not even available on PS4
2: so, so a PS4, PS4 game no, gets DLC that won't be available on the PS4
0: Yes, no, 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 so basically the PS5, PS5 okay. version. <laughs> yeah. Of a PS4 game gets DLC. Exactly. See yeah, how, yeah. how angering that is? Yeah. And then. And, it was, it, and it was it, being like, I'm being unreasonable. I should have just gotten a PlayStation 5. I'm like, really? In so the DLC is free?
1: <laughs> if you the buy DLC the PS5 version, it's included okay. in the PS5 version. No, the uh,
0: DLC is not free.
1: I thought the DLC was included in the PS5 no, version.
0: No, 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 no. The DLC is. And the PlayStation. Or. <laughs> Or you can buy the PlayStation 5 version that comes with the DLC for 80 bucks.
1: Yeah, so that's what I mean. So you buy the PS5 version and you get the DLC in it. Yeah. But at the same time, if you want the PS5 version, you will actually have to buy either the PS5 version or you will have to buy the Jesus. PS4 version. But you cannot upgrade for free from the free PS4 version that you're getting the, this month. Yeah.
2: If I hear exactly. stuff like this... Uh, for the
0: PlayStation... Yeah, the PlayStation for the PlayStation Plus version does not is not eligible for the free upgrade to the PlayStation 5 version, which yeah. is basically just the graphical updates. And then later this year is the DLC, which comes in two versions. Either buy the DLC outright for 20 bucks or buy <gasps> the whole game including the DLC. For this eight. is so
2: consumer friendly. What?
1: <laughs> makes no sense. I know, but to be clear, I, and that's not because I I am a Sony fan, I do not think this is a Sony move. Oh, no. This is a Square Enix move, but I I don't know if people see that. Probably not. No, because they'll probably say like, oh, Sony's money hungry. I mean, Sony has no reason to be money hungry because they make loads of money off a PS5, which they're
0: selling at a loss. And again, this is one of the reasons why, um, what's it called again?
2: Smart Delivery.
0: Smart, smart delivery, better yes. option.
1: Because then you Do not get me started about smart delivery, because I am. I, uh, I love smart delivery. <laughs> I I think smart delivery is nothing more than a big fancy marketing but, ploy,
0: and yet people profit yeah.
1: from it. In rare cases, but sure. uh, let me put it this way: because <laughs> we're going to go into this discussion then, because you're a, you know your Microsoft stuff. So my vision is. Smart delivery is just a fancy way to market the fact that you're getting a free Xbox One X upgrade, a uh, Series X upgrade. But for example, if I am a Xbox One owner, Microsoft has said that the that um, the, for the next two years everything is coming to the Xbox One and to the Series X. So if I am an Xbox One mm-hmm. owner now, I buy a Series X yeah. in two years. What good is smart delivery for me if I have already played all those games on the one and I won't go back to play those games because I already
2: played yeah. them. So what's the benefit L- of it? Then? Let's let's turn it around. I played Avengers on my Xbox One. Avengers is okay. a live game. They made it available yes. through smart delivery. So it's upgraded through yes. a Series X. So I have better graphics, better support, better frames, better everything. Because it's a live game. I could play it for a couple of years if they actually support the game. Um, (laughs) I was about to say that because I don't
1: know if Avengers is the best example.
2: Destiny Destiny 2. Also a smart delivery game. I played it on my Xbox One and now I can play it on my Series X with better graphics, better frame rate. Uh, It's 4K all the way, 60 frames per second. My Xbox One won't do that. My Series X will. It's a free upgrade okay. for me, so I actually have a better game now. Um, plus, okay. if I, I I I'm a game journalist, so that means I have a hell of a backlog. <laughs> <laughs> all those games that I don't know if you all, to be all those games that, in my backlog <laughs> <laughs> will actually look better for me now. And okay. next to that, with um, these new options, it might be fun to actually revisit a game that you haven't played for a couple of years. Because now it looks better, okay. it plays better, it feels smoother. Um, with HDR, some games actually look quite different than they did. Um, l- just look at some Minecraft videos. Who Minecraft will be upgraded for Series X, uh, which HDR supports. Um, the game looks completely different on a Series X than on an Xbox One. It's like day and night. Okay. It's the same game, but it doesn't look like it at all. It's just so much beautiful... More beautiful on the Series X, which sounds strange for a game like Minecraft because it's blocky as hell, but it looks so beautiful on a Series X. <laughs> if you look those games side by side on YouTube or anything, then you, then you have yeah, let's let's go back to that game because this actually looks interesting. And the, what I just love with the whole Xbox, Xbox Live, Xbox Store, Smartly that all my games that I ever bought are still with me, so I can play games that I own from my original Xbox from 20 years ago. I can still play on my Series X. My 360 games, my Xbox One games, my Series X games, they're all there. So I never lost my content. I, I always bought my games digitally, so I have everything right here. I, I, I can play a game from 20 years ago if I want. No problem. And they cool. they even, if yeah. I, let's say a game like Knights of the Old Republic, that's a, an Xbox One game. Really, Xbox One, the first Xbox. OG Xbox. If I download it now, it will be upscaled to 4K with 60 FPS. So even that game looks and plays better than it did 20 years ago without any developer meddling with it. So my old games are getting better. And that.
1: I understand that part, but like the reason why I have an issue is because Sony has said we're not doing a smart delivery label. If a developer wants to offer. Their games as a free upgrade, they're free to do it. I mean, Avengers is getting a free upgrade on PS5. A lot of games are getting it. But Sony's more like, we're not gonna create this label or marketing term. We're just gonna leave the option to developers. And the reason why I had an issue with it is that in leading up to the launch of the Series X, Microsoft constantly kept saying, oh, smart delivery, blah, 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 smart delivery. And it's the same stuff they pulled with Crossplay when when crossplay was an issue when sony said we're not going to do crossplay and microsoft were like yeah but we just want everybody to be able to play with everybody and then it became an issue that sony didn't play cross didn't uh do crossplay and then crossplay came out and nobody's talking about crossplay heck i have it turned off when i play more zone because it's annoying so like it doesn't feel like the amount of buzz or the or the amount of issue they made of something doesn't look like it paid off because you're like, yeah, you kept moaning about crossplay and a lot of times people don't use crossplay. So what was whole the the whole issue about? And smart delivery kind of feels like the same thing that they're constantly saying, Oh, we support smart delivery. But people are like yeah, but I get free upgrades on the PS5 as well. So why are you slapping? I, label I think
2: on it? the 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 the, the oh, big yeah, thing big is um, that my download will know to which console it's downloading. So I don't download if I if I start my Xbox One now and I download, uh, let's say, Assassin's Creed Valhalla on it, it won't download the 4K mm-hmm. assets that my Series X needs. So the download is actually okay. smaller on my one. Um, if I Go to my Series X, uh, Assassin's Creed Valhalla is actually sixty gigabytes bigger because of all those assets. So it, it will save me hard disk space. And on a previous on a PlayStation platform, that's not the case. You download it. The- it does on a it does now.
1: If you download it, does it does it did from launch? So when you like when I bought uh, my first game was Spider Man Miles Morales, but when I downloaded it, it asks me, do you want to download the PS5 version or do you want to download the it. PS4 version? That's it. Like it My is. Xbox
2: doesn't do that. He just knows you're on a 1 now. I downloaded the 1 version. You're uh, on okay. a Series X now. We don't okay. the... you, because you you always because... get the best version for that system. Uh, okay, I'll give you that. I'll give you that.
0: <laughs> and don't forget, there were people on day one under on PlayStation 5s whose hard drives were being maxed out because the PlayStation 5 was downloading both versions yeah. despite that fact.
1: Yeah, okay, they fixed that in an update. But, like... Okay. Yeah, okay. Just saying. Okay. Okay. Xbox okay, okay. did not have
0: that. Issue.
1: <laughs> <laughs> okay, that's fair. That's fair. I know when to uh, when to. Consume. It's,
2: it's okay. just a. It's it's a small <laughs> thing, but it's just really cons- consumer friendly. That's it. It just you. It's yeah, easier think, for you. You uh, just click download, when, and the system will do the rest. That's it. When I hear it like that, it it does make
1: yeah. a huge impact. Yeah. Thanks, okay. Man. See, it's better to have somebody that <laughs> knows the Xbox side of the story because, uh, you know, it gives you different perspectives. I, I'm i honest enough to admit that. Thank you. <laughs> but you're still yeah, not so. getting Kojima, so... I'll,
2: just for that, There's I'll send a... you a picture later today where you actually see me shaking Kojima's hand, okay?
1: Then I'll send my picture where I'm also on a picture with him <laughs> so we can exchange Kojima pictures. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I, I, I played Metal Gear Solid 5 on got... my Series X recently, so. Oh nice. Nice. That. Still a great game.
0: I saw it on discount on the PlayStation 4. I was like, should I get
1: it? Didn't you get it in PS Plus? Because it was free in PS Plus.
0: No, I missed that one. Ah, <laughs> oh, too bad. I only played it, it once. A really so great game. I, I only Finish. got ground zeros uh, on PS Plus. The, yeah.
2: uh, I didn't like the, the ending. The opening of Gear Solid 5, if you play through that, the first 90 minutes your head will explode. That good. That good. Yeah, Yeah. it is. uh, I I, I really think that's Kojima at his best.
0: Yeah. Well, my head exploded for a different reason last week. Yeah. Because last week we had a Pokemon Presents and again with everything else, people's expectations were astronomically high. But in this (laughs) case, I think most people's expectations were either met or they were disappointed that certain things weren't announced um i, don't know I thought you-
1: people's expectations would be surpassed with the one big announcement they made
0: well for me it was surpassed i don't know what it was with most people the most people that i talked to were already impressed with the remake of pokemon diamond and pearl um coming to switch called pokemon brilliant diamond and shining pearl i'm still getting used to saying well, those right out of time. <laughs> it's a mouthful jeez louise um, I get that they have to do that. They did it with uh, gold and silver, with heart gold and soul silver. That actually works a bit better. Um, but I, I am not a fan of the of the fact that they basically faithfully recreated the DS games. Because to be fair, for me, the DS games were the point in my in in my gamer life where, um. I still finished Pokemon. I I picked up Pokemon Pearl back in the day. I still finished that one. I never beat Pokemon Black or Pokemon White. And even when I did beat Pokemon Pearl, it it didn't give me the same high as the games that came before it. So I was starting already to get burned out by it. So I was actually hoping that it would at least look something like Pokemon Let's Go, which they released in 2019. Instead, it looks like a DS game upres to, like, 1080p. Isn't that the charm of the game?
2: Isn't that the whole point no, of a Switch at the moment? Just upres old games? No!
0: <laughs> <laughs> to, to play DS games now? Exactly, dang he it.
1: understands. I, I like him already, he understands.
0: No, dang it. That's what people don't understand, why I don't like. And and I know that there are other people that do not like the fact that it looks the way it does. And that was the only disappointing thing about it. I knew that it was going to come out because it has been 2007. So it has been a day and a half since that game came out. So it was its turn. But, uh, I mean, on the one hand, I'm disappointed that I did it. On the other hand, it is not being developed by the original developers, Game Freak being done by a different developer and i forgot the name of the developer i'm sorry <laughs> um but it's being done by another developer it is being supervised by the director of diamond and pearl uh Junit- um uh, Junito masuda um i think that was the last pokemon game that he directed before he became a producer on the series so he'll be directing the remake But at the same time, um, they showed some more stuff about Pokemon Snap, which is really cool. Um, But the thing that I was really, that I was blown away by is the announcement of Pokemon Legends Arceus. A little bit of a long name, but I honestly don't care. But basically what people tend to say, and it's not that I don't disagree with it, but I feel like they go to this example because that's, the most recent thing Nintendo-y that relates to it is that it's basically Breath of the Pokemon because it looks <laughs> like Breath of the Wild. <laughs> wow, if you that's you bad. As a starter, that's Holy shit. <laughs> exactly. That's
1: oh my that's, god.
0: Uh, but the thing is, they uh, there were people online matching shots of uh, I think the initial Breath of the Wild trailer with the Pokemon Legends trailer, and they had this one sweeping shot, and it's like. Well, yeah, it's basically a drone shot. Like almost any open world game does the same thing. I'm pretty sure you can match it to any other trailer that does this, like sweeping, like shot, uh, you know, over the protagonist's shoulder. Big whoop doesn't mean it's the same thing. But yeah, it looks amazing for the most part. Because as pretty as it is, it seems to be having performance issues. And I know that the game is still a year out. But, for example, if the Pokemon are, like, five meters in front of the trainer, their, their animation is, comes to a crawl, like, five frames per second. It's that choppy. <laughs> like, you can actually count the frames of the Pokemon's wow. animations unless they're really close to the Pokemon trainer. And the Pokemon trainer has become way more agile because outside of the fact that you can run, you can also do a dodge roll. What that's good for, I have no idea, but we'll find out as uh, you know as twenty two comes closer and closer, and it's coming out early twenty twenty two. They said, so if you haven't seen the trailer yet, go watch it. Your mind will be blown because I'm gonna be completely honest here. As a longtime Pokemon fan, this is something that I've been wanting for since
2: Pokemon um, Red and Blue
0: <laughs> first time they no since Pokemon uh, on the GameCube with um, mm. Pokemon Coliseum. Pokemon Coliseum is basically a spin-off that promises three D animation wasn't that on the N sixty four already? No, okay. that was on the GameCube. You're thinking about oh, the right. Stadium right. which was yeah. the battling game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because those were the only ways you could play Pokemon in three D and basically since Since they tried to do it in 3D with Pokemon Coliseum on GameCube, it was like, okay, they have to do something like this where it's open world, no transition in battle, which they showed you are having Pokemon battles in the environment. For some reason, there are no Pokemon around you, so I'm not really sure what that's about. Maybe it's because it's still early in the game. And they did show off a little bit of the UI, which is very simplified, but still... With the core mechanics of the Pokemon battle the battle system, and the art style itself—that painterly look—it's really nice, and it's one of the first Pokemon games that actually takes place, not only in a region that they've that they've done before, with the Sinnoh region, the region from Pokemon Diamond and Pearl, but also it takes place in the past. So it's it, if you look at it, it looks a lot like Edo period Japan. And considering that the Sino region is based in, um, uh, not based in, but it's influenced by Hokkaido, which is the north of Japan, um, it kind of makes sense that it looks like an old Edo style Japanese village where it takes place in. And they didn't say there are other villages, they said there's only one hub village and it can go to other regions in Sino. So whatever that's gonna end up turning into, I have no idea. The story sounds interesting because you're going to be working on the first Sinnoh Pokédex, and the Pokeballs look crazy. I don't know if you I don't know if you remember what a Pokemon, a Pokemon, a Pokeball looks like. But it's basically you know a circle with mm-hmm. a button in the middle. It's still that, but there's no button in the middle. There's a latch, like you know the latches that you have on a, um, yeah, on a milk can. It's like one of All those. Right. I have no idea how that works because it still closes automatically when you throw the pokeball, but it's a latch that you manually have to...
1: <laughs> Wow
0: <laughs> So yeah, aesthetically, it looks really cool. I really hope that they get um, uh, I really hope they they are able to improve the frame rate on the Pokemon.
1: <laughs> it must be. I mean, like the game is a year out, maybe longer
2: it, it will and run, It will run great well, on there's... the next Nintendo with smart delivery. probably
1: well that's
0: that's what they're also talking about they're like oh that means that the next switch the higher end the switch pro is should be out by then because then that game can take advantage of like a better uh, frame rates and like better processing power which I am more inclined to believe that around that time we'll get a more um, powerful switch whatever that may be, um, because, yeah, there's a lot of games that are coming out that seems to really need more power, uh, as, as, even from Nintendo themselves, you know? So it's not, and it's been almost five years. I really think it's time for them to do it myself. So I'm curious to see what will what we may or may not see uh, at uh, E3 this year or at, uh, uh The summer of games this year, either or.
2: Yep, still hoping for that Pokemon MMO. That's my dream. Yes.
0: Yeah, I gave up. I know, but it's still a dream. (laughs) Why? Because it's Nintendo. (laughs) Well, for well, two reasons I can think of. One, it's Nintendo, and two, Game Freak has always been a mobile, uh, like a handheld developer, and it really shows when you look at you know, base Pokemon Sword and Shield. Like, if you go into the wild area, oof. (laughs) Um, But they did improve on it when they did the DLC, like, way better. And I think Pokemon Legends is kind of um, the fruits of those labors, of the wild area experiment. And the other reason is, of course, they don't want kids to go online in a perpetually online game, and they don't want to charge kids 15 bucks a month to play a game online. Where, you know, people can interact with one another without any kind of restrictions. Who says that it's only kids that play these games? That's that's the reason why.
1: We are grown-ass men (laughs) just talking about Pokemon.
0: That is the reason why Nintendo has never indulged on an MMO for Pokemon. Because it's grown-ass men that are playing the game? No, that's because kids can interact with grown-ass people that may not have the best intentions at heart. Wow. So that's also the reason why me Mi- Meverse doesn't exist anymore. But how is it that, I
1: mean, that that doesn't make sense? Uh, the PS4 has sold over a
0: hundred million. I mean, you can't tell me it's all adults playing on the PS4. No, but how many how many MMOs are there on the PlayStation Four exi- outside of all the scrolls? No, oh, but season. I would I would all the
1: scrolls. Let me put it this way. Call of Duty, Modern <laughs> Warfare, and probably Black Ops Cold War, is dominated by little kids that talk bad yep, to they grown all know ups my mom. I don't know. <laughs> yeah.
0: Yeah.
1: Yeah. So like why should if if a little if a little kid from the UK can talk bad stuff about Havoc's mom, why should Nintendo care about that? And like, hey, if you wanna touch a Pokemon's funny business,
2: do your and there's something I mean, called parental controls, of course.
0: Exactly. Yeah, yeah, but par, have you ever seen parental controls work on an MMO?
2: No, because I'm older than MMO
0: 16.
1: So. <laughs> <laughs> Nintendo to win an award for accessibility because they protect kids. Playing
0: online. I mean, it's very simple. They don't want any bad press to come out of something like that. So it makes yeah. sense for them to not do it. Uh, it's disappointing, of course. But yeah, I wouldn't um,
1: understand the argument because then Sony would have long gone stopped with with Fortnite because all of those little kids being naughty, naughty. towards each other. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> naughty. Yeah. <laughs> 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 <That's quite laughs> fun time, I guess. Yeah. I think oh, uh we've uh, yeah. talked about uh everything we can, right?
0: I think so? Yeah, I think so. Yeah. Cool. Stick so around. So, stick around, we'll be right back with what we've been playing. And we're back with the second segment of Game Rivals, which is, of course, what we've been playing. Sean Templar, what have you been playing? I've been actually pretty productive the last week, and I've uh, been playing a lot.
1: So I finished uh, Star Wars Jedi Fallen Order last time. I think I mentioned mm-hmm. that. I, I really liked it. Um, I do have to say that that last boss battle was so tricky that I just—I I mean, I'm a persistent guy, but eventually I get so—I got so frustrated that I just turned the game too easy just to beat the last boss battle because I just—I I felt like I was close at the end. And I didn't feel like trying it because I really literally died like 50 times. <laughs> and I just switched it to easy and then I was able to get through it, luckily. Um, and then, I won't spoil it, but there's like a really cool part after that that I did not see coming. I was like, oh, shit, what's <laughs> happening here? That's really cool. They really did that nicely. Um, and then after that, I went back to a game called L.A. Noir, which got a re-release for the PS4. I uh, I had started the game on the PS3, but I never actually finished it there. And I remember picking the game up for, like, 15 euros a couple of years ago. It was still sealed, so it had been in my uh, <laughs> in my uh, backlog for that long. So I started playing that, and I finished it, and I think maybe, like, in two days or something like that. I just went, like, all in on it. Um, I really liked that game. Um, it was something else compared to what, what we've seen from from. Rockstar or at least being published by Rockstar the only thing I had with the game is that um, the characters of course used a new kind of facial capture in which uh, every detail of their face was captured but because it's so detailed it didn't like it felt off because you have this super detailed face but the animations around it don't feel like in the same level so it kind of throws you off because you're like, whoa, this is a super expressive face, but the animations of the body are choppy compared to that face. So it sometimes takes you out of it. Um, the, the cool thing is, is that you could really tell when somebody's lying because you would just have to interrogate them and you had questions. And then based on their response, you could say like, hey... Uh, you're, you're, you could be a good cop or you could be a bad cop. Um, that would mean they were, they were lying or you could accuse them of something. And you could, if you really pay close attention to the characters, that sometimes you could just see them lying because they would either be really nervous or they would constantly like look away or they would avoid eye contact with you. Um, so that was really cool. The The funny thing about those things was that, sometimes your character Cole Phelps felt a little bit too aggressive when saying something to one of the, the person, people he was interrogating. So that would be like strange because they they would say something really harmless. And then you would say, okay, let me just do the bad cop option because I don't believe them. And then he would speak in such a manner to them like they just committed murder, whereas it, the crime is all about theft, for example. So it's just sometimes those reactions felt off. But... Um, I liked it. I, I wish Rockstar would make a sequel because, I mean, we used to Rockstar only doing GTA games these days or Red Dead, and and it's fun sometimes to see something different. Um, I think these these kind of games do have a lot of potential. It's also because it's it's set in the nineteen sixties. You have some of the the famous uh, of nineteen fifties or sixties. Some of the famous murders that happened back then, like the the Black Dahlia and stuff like that. Uh, coming by so it it really felt nice um after i finished that i started playing the the modern warfare 2 remake which came out i think two years ago um i remember back on the ps3 i got the the platinum for it i didn't feel like doing a platinum run for this one so i just played the single player I, i was reminded again of how um how how awesome a Call of Duty single player can be because it's basically like this action packed roller coaster ride. Um and it just feels so good. And then especially in Modern Warfare Two, where the Russians invade the United States, you're just in these suburbs, just walking in these really calm neighborhoods, and then all of a sudden explosions happen and you're fighting in between those houses where normally people would just live their lives. And yep. Um yeah, that that felt really good. I mean, there's the, there's a the part, of course, where you have to fight on the White House lawn and, and stuff is going down. Um, yeah, I, I like that one. And then I started playing uh, the Surge, which is basically a Souls-like sci-fi game. Um, I'm I'm not a huge fan of Souls games, but I really want to play Demon Souls. So after I kind of had a taste of the Souls-like elements of Jedi Fallen Order. I thought, you know what, let me just dive into the search. Um, I, I like it, but I I noticed that I'm not used to playing Souls-like games, so I, I'm just too spammy on the attack buttons and then your stamina runs out and then you get your ass handed to you and then, you know, you you, you have that a, a lot, so I have to get used to that. Um, I also started playing uh, because I, I just got a bit tired of dying constantly. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, sure you did. Yeah, um, the Outriders demo came out last week, so I gave that a go. Um, That game is made by People Can Fly, who we might know from Soul, from Bulletstorm. They're really proficient in Unreal Engine. They've they've also helped with a lot of games. I think they even worked on Gears of
2: War. Um, Yeah, they made the worst Gears of War game ever. (laughs) Was it the uh, the the prequel? Judgment. Judgment, Yeah.
1: Yeah, they did that one. I I never played (laughs) Judgment. (laughs) Good for you. I'm not missing out apparently. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, the game really feels like this mix of um, Mass Effect slash Destiny meets Gears of War. Um, it starts with that you're on, uh, you arrive on an alien planet after, or an alien planet, a new planet after. Traveling in outer space, there's apparently a tragedy that happens that causes Earth to become unlivable. So n- not the whole human race has made it out, only a small fraction of it is alive, and you're trying to colonize this new planet. Um, and then you head down and stuff starts to go down. And um yeah, that's basically it. I don't want to spoil a lot of it. Um, it has a lot of mechanics in there, like Gears of War, so like a cover system. Um it even has the look and press X to run the next cover mechanic. So it felt really familiar. Um gunplay is really nice. Um if you pick up new weapons, you can instantly see the, the the newer stats of the weapon. Um funny thing, if if you press the start menu, it looks like they copied that from Destiny, like one-to-one, with the same grid layout and the lines in there. It's like, whoa, is this Destiny I'm playing right now? um i played it on ps5 and i was completely surprised it looks amazing on ps5 it runs at 4k60 or at least the developer says that they're aiming at that Mm -hmm. and you can really feel the smoothness when you're walking around or running around Um, a friend of mine played it on pc and he says it looks even better on pc and i already thought it looked really great on ps5 but did you Um, play
2: together because the demo has crossplay we did oh we, nice uh,
1: really yeah we actually played a, he also has a ps5 so we both played the ps5 version we mm-hmm. haven't tried class play out yet but the, um, the the co-op is really nice because it's drop in drop out any moment and when you want to do something for example then your uh, teammates get to vote on it so you'll be prompted saying hey sean templar wants to start this mission or wants to go into this area and then you'll be prompted with a vote where you can say, hey, I want to accept this or I want to deny this, which is actually a really nice mechanic. Yeah. I didn't expect that to be so ha- have such an impact. Um, nice. Yeah, and, and the fact that it's just drop in, drop out, it's really simple and fast. Um, I actually think this game could be like a surprise hit. Um, I, I just read an article that they, they're not doing microtransactions. They're not doing battle passes. They said... We just want to do an old-school game. And focusing on that, it really felt like it was easier for us to make this game. Um, so, yeah, I think it's also available on PS4, or Xbox, of course, and yeah. PC. So I would definitely recommend trying it out. It is a is a really fun game, and I'm still stunned by how gorgeous it looks. Maybe not surprising because it runs on Unreal Engine, and these guys probably know Unreal like the back of their hand. So uh, that... And then the last game I played... I I played two games, but I haven't played a lot of the one. The other game I played was Valheim, which is like this surprise early access hit. Um, I think it sold like 3 million or maybe even 4 million by now, um, which is basically a survival game on PC. It's in early access. Um, I I haven't played a lot. So like maybe an hour. So I'm still trying to figure it out, discover it a bit um it it has a unique art style it kind of looks like a PlayStation one kind of game with the art style but it it's fitting it's it's really nice um and you really have to play together with people the The game is pretty bare bones on tutorials so i I still don't know a lot or I, I eventually i didn't know what I was doing, so i'm like, you know what I'll just drop out and uh uh play with a friend of mine um but yeah that's basically it uh and then I think I also played uh Hitman. Oh, we'll just have to uh we'll be right back with my impressions on Hitman. <laughs> and uh so the last game I played is uh is Hitman. Um I remember Hitman 3 came out in January, but I haven't bought it yet because I still have uh, 1 and 2 I need to finish. So um I downloaded them both and uh the funny thing is is I didn't know but they have remastered all the levels of the original Hitman 1 and you can play them in 2 with all the mechanics of 2. So that's pretty nice. So um after like downloading 80 gigabytes of all sorts of files, I was finally able to play Hitman. Um I'm in the I'm not that far along in the story. I'm in the Paris mission, so it's like like the first proper mission. Um but the cool thing about Hitman is is that it's not about getting the kill and then moving on to the next level, the game has huge replayability because you have all sorts of ways in which you can kill your target. Um, And that way you kind of go back and you try to do it all over again in different ways. So with one, you can, for example, you have this um, guy that you need to take out. He's in in a Cuban base and um, you can do like a safety test with him because he's going to fly off in a jet So, you can do the safety test with him, with his, uh, where he's strapped in his ejection seat, and then they test out if the seat works. And then you can sabotage it to actually make the seat work. And then when he tests it out, he pulls the lever and he gets launched into the air, and then he's dealt with, whereas normally um, it's disabled. Or the other one was uh, that I uh, slipped some uh, poison into his glass. He drank it, he got nauseous, he ran off to the toilet. And I casually just strolled in, shoved his head into the toilet, drowned him in the toilet, and then just put his body in the closet and casually walked out like nothing ever happened. Um,
2: People are so creative.
1: Uh, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean that's, that's what I like about the game because you have um, every, every mission you complete, it gives you a rating, and the highest rating is Silent Assassin. So you really get motivated to get that Silent Assassin. And I think that one of the key things is, is you, you can't be seen doing it and they they uh, shouldn't find the body, so you always like kill the person and then quickly look at a way to hide them in some place. Um, I remember in, in the in the other mission that I did, you're in this house in in the at uh, 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 the beach, and then suddenly people, the owners of the house get back, and you have to kill a woman, and then there are like all sorts of ways. So what I did, I was just waiting till they just both went up to the bedroom. The husband went into the shower she was in the bathroom brushing her teeth they were just casually talking and then i just creeped in through the window and i i was gonna snap her neck but i had a gun in my hand so i just grabbed her popped two in her, and then she died and then while the guy is talking i just hid her in a closet and then eventually the guy's like why aren't you talking to me anymore hello mm-hmm. hello and then he goes out into the house where you're still trying to sneak out So it adds some excitement to it. There's, like, a lot of stuff you can do in the game. And I haven't even started playing Hitman 2. This is all just still Hitman 1. Um, (laughs) So, yeah, I'm really liking the game. Um, A friend of mine, he's, like, a huge fan of it. And he always says, like, I try to do all the challenges, get 100% of the level. And the last thing I do is I just go guns blazing. I just grab a gun and I start mowing down everybody. I'm like, hey, that's also a way to get to the objective, right? Just shoot everybody. Because you get... Um, points deducted if you kill people that you shouldn't kill. So that's also really nice. The game really encourages you to strictly only kill the per- the target and not just ramble it through the levels. You can if you want, but uh, yeah. So that's basically my experience with Hitman. I'll probably jump in later tonight again. Um, and that's basically all that I have been playing. Uh, it's a lot. I normally don't play this much.
0: <laughs> that is a lot. <laughs> so, havoc.
2: Yeah, I haven't played that much as he did um, I recently started a big Star Wars gaming project And that got me inspired to replay some Star Wars games And to actually 100% them So that means cool. 100% the game And uh, unlock every achievement on them on the Xbox So I did that in the last couple of weeks For Jedi Fallen Order um, So unlocked every achievement on that game I unlocked every achievement on Battlefront 2. and then I started Star Wars Episode One Racer and did the same on that one. So I uh, completed those three d- games. Uh, next to that, I played the latest Call of Duty game. Uh, I hate Call of Duty online, but I I'm one of those guys who buys them for the single player. Um, so I had four and hour, four or five hours fun with that one. Um, not the best Call of Duty, but it was fun. Uh, I think the, the ending of the game was lame as hell. Um, <laughs> yeah, You're talking about
0: Cold War, right? Yeah. But well, you don't yeah. go out for burgers with uh, President Ronald Reagan at the end? No, oh, no. Hard.
2: Maybe in a secret ending, but no big explosions, no no fireworks, nothing. I just pressed a button and the game was over. Um, so that was a bit let down. Um, but the the campaign was fun. Uh, It was four or five hours of fun. Uh, the thing with colleges, I don't play on the highest difficulty because I really want my colleges to be run and gun. And if you play it on veteran or anything, it's not that, that I really want to go in a room, shoot 20 people, go to the next room, kill 30 people and, and go on and go on and never think about health or anything or ammo. So it's just my... My basic, uh, I have some stress in me. Let's fire some, or let's shoot some guns and, and and get the stress out game. So that works. Um, next to that, I'm playing a lot of uh, Star Wars Quadrants. Um, that's a recent game from Motive that uh, released late last year. Um, played that a lot with my friends. With the, the fun thing is my one friend has a PC, the other has a PS4, and I have the Xbox. So that's a crossplay party all, all, all at once. Um Played through that campaign again and a lot of online gameplay. And I play in the Medium. That's the first Xbox Series X exclusive game uh, that came out. And it's a horror game with a soundtrack from the guy that also did the Silent Hill soundtracks back in the day. Um, And the fun thing with the Medium is you play two games at the same time. So you have your normal game that's on the left side of the screen. And your character also has... An alter ego in another world and that world is linked to your world so let's say hmm. it's the world of the death and she has the same stuff to do in that world as in normal world she's just like a it's something paranormal uh, activity going on and what you do in world A will have interactions in world B so the worlds cross together but you play one character in two worlds at the same time so you have to look at two games at the same time uh, co-op with yourself and it's a really fun engagement game. It's a real nice mechanic to have, um, cause you're literally playing two games at the same time. It is not a scary horror game. So it's not the silent hill resident evil. Like it's not jump scares. It's just that psychological uh, horror that gets under your skin. And if you see a door, you don't want to go through that door because you know, there's lots and lots and lots of nasty stuff at the other side of that door, but you go through anyway. Um, It has a decent story. It's not that long. I think I completed it in an hour eight or nine. Um, But it's a really cool game. So if you have an Xbox and uh, some hours to spare, it is on Game Pass. um, So you can download it there. So it doesn't even cost you anything. Um, But yeah, a really cool experience and really something I haven't played before. Uh, It really adds something new to the whole horror genre. So if horror is your thing, go check out the medium. And I think that's about it. So a lot of Star Wars.
0: (laughs) Um. so uh, a little bit more about the menu because I'm really curious about that um, when you say it's two different games yeah, does it yeah. mean that um, there are two different o- objectives that you're trying to accomplish because you're saying that no. the main character has an alter ego because the way it was presented in the trailers mm-hmm. I felt that it's basically the same character but yeah. they're doing two different things at two different Times.
2: Yeah, you the, the, the left side of the screen is our world. And you could say the red, right side of the screen is the spirit world. Yeah. And she walks in both worlds. She, she can cross over at any time that she wants. And let's say there's a door in the normal world that's uh, unlocked. Oh, that's locked. And something in the spirit world is actually blocking the door from the other side. So you have to go into the spirit world, um, which is on the right side of the screen. To unlock the door. But every movement you make in the spirit world. Is the same move as you make in the normal world. So to uh, complete a puzzle in world A. You have to do something in world B. So the worlds do collide. But you have to look at two things at the same time. So all the puzzling. um, You you have to look at different angles than normal. Um, Next to that. Because it's a spirit world. You also have an out of body experience. So she can literally get out of her body. And then you're literally playing uh, the second world apart from the first world. Mm-hmm. So, the, the the first world, she'll be, yeah, just a sack of flesh and bones, and her spirit wanders off, uh, literally, to do something, um, but you can't go too far from your body. So, that's in the whole puzzle and horror vibe. It, it, it's a really hard game to describe, <laughs> but it's a really cool game to play, and it, it's not the world's greatest game ever or anything like that, but I really found it enjoyable, and the fact that they do something new with the horror genre, um, yeah, that that what lured me to the game, and I, I'm really glad I I played it because it it really did something new that I didn't experience anywhere. And it is if you if you want to, uh, if you want to, yeah, how to tell it? If you know Silent Hill, is that kind of horror, but without monsters. There are some monsters, of course, but it's that psychological horror. So not that in your face horror, but more stuff is going on, creepy music, you don't know, you don't see, but you hear.
1: I think uh, the bad guy, or the, uh, there's not really a bad guy, I think, but like the, Troy Baker voice is the, the antagonist. The
2: antagonist.
1: And I, I yeah. heard like he does it in a really, really good and creepy way.
2: Yeah. Yeah. I'm not telling you anything about the antagonist. Yeah. Cause that will ruin the game. Definitely. for yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> wow, okay. But if you have the option, hey, and Hey, X Cloud for browsers yeah, <laughs> later this year, so you have the option. <laughs> uh, it is on Game Pass. Start downloading it now because it's really a good game.
0: Cool, nice. I'm I'm a scare I'm I'm a scaredy boy, so I don't know if I'll tackle it. <laughs> but I was interested about the gameplay mechanics. It looked interesting and it looked completely different. So, how yeah. is the
1: performance nice. since there's basically two worlds being rendered at the same time?
0: Yeah.
2: Um, it's, I don't think it's at 60 frames a second, okay. um, but it's, it's an old school game. So it's a slow game. So you don't notice it that much. Mm. Uh, I do play it at 4k. Um, but I don't, I, I read something online about, yeah, there's some frame ups here and there, but I never experienced anything about that. Okay. Never. Can you,
1: uh, you probably can, but I don't know, cause I don't have an Xbox, but on a PlayStation, you can always choose between like a performance mode and a quality mode. Is that yeah. also available on Xbox?
2: It is available on Xbox. I didn't see it in this game. Okay. Yeah. Assuming,
0: nice. uh, I mean, I'm taking into account that it's made specifically for this platform. So, yeah. I don't think it would necessarily need it unless. Yeah, it's maybe yeah, exactly. probably because
1: of uh, gameplay reasons, immersion, yeah. artistic stuff, you know. It adds. Yeah, up.
2: like I said, it's a slow game. So, you don't. If, if it's not 60 frames a second, I didn't miss it at all. Okay.
0: Nice. Yeah. Well, then that I guess leaves me. Um, I've been playing some stuff on my PlayStation. I don't know if I talked about this the last time, so I think I did. I talked about that I finished near Automata*, right? I think you did. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You were pretty emotional yeah. about it at the end. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's uh, it's 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 a pretty it's a pretty powerful story. Like again, if you haven't played it, what are you doing? Pick up that. It's not that expensive. Um, I don't know if it's getting a update on PlayStation 5 um or Xbox 1 but I'm assuming it's running at least better on those systems if you have that if you have a PlayStation 5 or Xbox series um now outside of that I have been playing other games I have di- I've I dived back into um Uncharted yes I think I'm at chapter 20 or 21 right now so if that means anything to anybody, you know how far I am. What's the, the last thing you saw or had? Uh well, they captured a lane and I had to work through the well, we found the we found the, the, the golden statue. Okay. The gold that Drake was looking for.
1: The Eldorado
0: statue. Mm-hmm. And apparently it's cursed, so that's fun
1: yeah
0: (laughs) (laughs) seriously why would you go after something that's cursed um yeah you find out more about that it's cursed and why sir francis drake never made it off the island and elaine gets captured and basically it's now a race of getting off the island and saving elaine elena Um, elena sorry (laughs) it's okay so like who is this elaine (laughs) sorry sorry elena um and you're back with uh, Sully. Mm, yeah.
1: But have you already went, did you already go into the the old German base and the bunkers? Yeah. yeah and you yeah. saw the creepy surprise they had there waiting for you?
0: Yeah, that was fun. <laughs> Nobody saw that coming. Oh my, no, yeah, I didn't because they came out of nowhere and they were chasing the other guys. Yep. And then the power went out and good grief it was literally just a gosh i think you're almost there
1: i mean like when you're at that point you're almost at the end
0: i think i'm also. i also it also also feels like i'm almost at the end like yeah i think it's like like, is about 24 25 chapters something like that yeah then yeah it's basically like four or five chapters to go for me yeah um Seriously, there's way too much gunplay in the first game. Um yeah, it, it evens <laughs> out in the second one. <laughs> I really hope so because it's way too much. I'm 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 constantly juggling guns and ammo ammo and it's like, oh no. As as soon as I've realized that I'm picking up a lot of ammo, I realize, oh no, there's probably going to be a lot of ammo Yep um outside of that the latest playstation plus game and if you haven't picked it up i don't know until when it's available i hope by the time that this episode goes live it's still available oh, it's uh if- by the time this goes live it's gone Ah, oh, that's unfortunate because if you haven't downloaded this yet it's called concrete genie and i'm gonna be completely honest when it was announced i think a year or two ago I kind of poo-pooed it, like, "Oh, okay, this—I mean, cool art style, but I don't get the whole idea for the game." And even now, after finishing it, I—it's an—it's an—it's an action adventure, but more emphasis on the adventure part, because at least the first half of the game is—well, um, you play this kid called Ash. And he visits his uh his hometown where he doesn't live anymore because Pelotown. It's... What? Pelotown. <laughs>
2: <laughs> Sorry. But
0: <laughs> funnily enough I didn't, I didn't even make the connection.
1: <laughs> Shame on you, you big Pokemon lover. Shame on you. <laughs> I mean, in a way he's right, because you draw genies which are animals yeah.
0: and I mean I also played the game and I finished the
1: game. So, yeah, I forgot to play it. Yeah, bit, but.
0: <laughs> yeah I, I finished the game too. And the only reason I even tried it is because you said it was surprisingly good. Yeah. Um, and it is surprisingly good because the whole painting mechanic is... The first thing I thought was, oh, like, they're forcing motion controls on you. And it's not bad. It feels... mm. It feels like the same kind of level of motion control that you had with the old Wii remotes. Or if you had a motion, um, a move controller, it's kind of like that, but without the precision of a camera. Mm -hmm. So you do tend to once in a while have to hit the triangle button. But even that, you don't have to do that often, often to recenter the reticule on the screen. And the whole point of the game is that you're beautifying it, so it actually kind of reminds me a bit of if you've ever played um, uh, what's it called again on PlayStation? Uh, I know. Oh. Uh, with the wolf, with Amaterasu. Oh my goodness, what is it? I'm sorry. Thank you, yeah. Okami. If you played Okami, it's basically like that. You're 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 creating creatures and you're restoring. The in this case the town and not the world in, like he did in Okami but that's basically what powers that Ash gets with this super cool brush he gets to create these creatures called genies um, which are basically drawings that he made in his sketchbook well he made in his sketchbook that are brought to life um, you can basically make the genies whatever way you want and there are three different levels, uh, three different types of genies. Jeez, it really is starting to sound like Pokemon. Um, Fire based genies, electric based genies and wind based genies. And that's basically the first half. You're trying to restore the town um, so that it's livable again, but there's these juvenile delinquents that keep um, bullying you and trying to get to you and ruining your artwork. Um, And it, I'm gonna make a really <clears throat> weird connection, and I don't know if you're gonna agree with me on this on Sean, but it kind of feels like last of us 2 light what because well, not at least at least in terms of what the the message is because that when you've played the first half, there are moments in the game, and this might be a little spoilery um so forewarned if you're interested in uh concrete genie is not really a long game i think it's like what 10 hours or so
1: i started it on the monday in the morning and i finished it on the monday in the evening
0: yeah so and i started (laughs) in the afternoon and i finished it the next day so yeah yeah let's say about 10 hours maybe less than 10 hours less less than 10 hours it's like about eight hours or so and um one of the things that happens is you have these set points in the story where you um, interact with the with the with the juvenile delinquents. Um, that's how the game portrays them. Basically, they're bullies. And once they touch the your paintbrush and you touch the paintbrush, you see their side of the story. And they have tragic backgrounds, and it makes the character and yourself realize: well, these kids aren't bad just for being bad. They come from a not so cool environment which is why they're lashing out against the world. That's why I'm saying it's kind of like Last of Us 2 Light, because it's not really a revenge plot, but it is a mechanic that is allowing you to see from the other's perspective and empathize with them as to how they react and respond. Nice. That's it. It's not about the revenge part. I'm not saying like there's some weird story stuff that comes up, but.
1: Suddenly yeah, a masculine
0: Ellie appears, Abby
1: appears in the world and hunts you down, and the rest that was, is history.
0: At the very least, I can say this about Ash. He's way more rational than Ellie was. Oh, yeah. Ash is like a really sweet guy. Yeah, he's a, like, he's a kid that you, like, if, if you were a kid, you'd hang out with this kid because. You know, he's very kind and soft-spoken, and even, like, the genies are really kind and basically reflect his... The genies are quite funny because you can, like, feed
1: them, and you can sometimes they'll tell you, like... Yeah, they'll sometimes say, like, I want flowers, and you can just draw flowers, and they'll be, like, super happy and stuff. I mean, like, I played the whole game with the biggest smile in the world on my face because it's just such a fun and happy game.
0: Nice. Until the second half happened, and then I was like, oh, no, yeah, this is, this is sad now. Um, but, you know, at the end, you do, you, you know, the end does end on a high note. And then you can play the game in free paint mode, which is really handy because that allows you to get all the other achievements that you weren't able to get during the game, uh, during the story mode. So you don't have to replay the story or go back to specific chapters of the story just to, at least as far as I can tell. You can get all the achievements in free in free paint mode or free drawing mode, which is really handy because that at that point you're just go you're just choosing an area to go to and you're doing the missions there or the achievements.
2: Nice. Sorry,
0: achievements trophies, um, and that's nice. I it, I think this is a game that's relatively easy to platinum. So if that's something that you want to do, um, do it. Uh, I don't know if I'm gonna do it. I might. Um, I do want to revisit it again and do some more. I I want to see how far I can take the creations. But you can because you can always edit, re-edit the 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 genes that you make. You can add like um, extra antennae or give them a mustache, um, nice. or give them weird tails, or give them one tail, or give them no tails, or give them nine tails. Um, nine tails. <laughs> It's a Pokemon, it, right? It, it, it's a Pokemon and it's an anime reference. Oh, okay. I don't watch anime. <laughs> I know. And uh, yeah, I mean, it's a really fun game. It, it it does tap into that you know, creativity aspect of it that I really like of games that do stuff like that. So if you haven't picked up Concrete Genie yet, um, I hope you did during the PlayStation Plus uh, period last month and uh if not i don't think it's that expensive pick it up it's totally worth it awesome outside of that i have been uh i did talk about it a little bit but i'm 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 back into animal crossing
1: nice
0: <laughs> i at least do the like the daily stuff in the morning and in the evening um i actually need more money because this month they finally made Um, the Super Mario items available for the 35th anniversary. So we don't know if those items are going to disappear after March or if they're (laughs) a permanent addition to the game. But I already started buying some stuff. The only downside is you can only buy five items a day from basically the in-game online store. And it's really annoying because you want multiples of items and you basically can't do anything but buy them Five a day i mean you can time travel but i can't do that right now because i bought a bunch of turnips that i want to turn a profit because i need the extra money i mean i already had like a lot of bells but i need the extra money so that i can recreate the mushroom kingdom on my island. sounds good <laughs> sounds like a nightmare that's what it is <laughs> and yet i am way i'm back into the deep end it's like it's like the it's like we've come full circle because March 20th is the one year anniversary of animal crossing new horizons. Oh, snap. So I'm pretty sure that a lot of people are coming back for the Mario content. I wouldn't be surprised um, because people have been waiting for that. And people are hoping that this month we'll get a direct for animal crossing for the one year anniversary. And that um, we're, that we'll be getting a bunch of stuff that were uncovered during uh data mines when the game first came out so elements that are still missing from the game hopefully they get reintroduced this year hopefully um and outside of that i have been playing like i said before xenoblade chronicles um i've come to a point i've come to a really difficult boss that is in a in that is in an area that is not just the boss but also other enemies that are literally counterintuitive to what you're doing to the boss. So you're trying to attack the boss, and then there are these other enemies that get attracted to literally the special moves that you perform. So when you do a special move, they're like, oh, there's someone here. Let's attack him. And because they're corporeal, you have to use non special moves to attack them. So you have to keep off the stupid monsters that keep draining your HP while you're also dealing with the giant boss. Who does big area of effects damage? <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh, oh, I have no idea how to tackle this boss, and I'm this close to just giving up and just going to a game fact and just fig- and reading it there. Because up until this point, I have not reached a game fact to get to this point, and if I die one more time towards this stupid boss, I may have to. Because I just want to finish the game already. <laughs> <laughs> I just want to see the ending because it's been, this is the third time I'm playing Xenoblade Chronicles. I just want to see the ending finally. It's a, it's a good game. It's just sometimes there are some things that happen in these games. That's like, either I have to grind like crazy or I just have to read a walkthrough to figure out the best tactic for certain enemies. Uh, yeah. So I, th- I think that's it. Other than that, I have played, like I've touched on a few games here and there. I touched on uh what what is it again? Um Fortnite real quickly on my Switch because they added some new like events and stuff and I wanted to check it out. Um plus I have a friend in Japan that I play Fortnite with um on occasion, so there's that. Um I also played some demos on the Switch, um nothing of real consequence um except for Project Triangle Strategy. I,
1: I always love it when you sign. It's always because it feels like the <laughs> world of the weight is pressing on you and but you're it, re- asking something game. so difficult of you. It's
0: just a stupid name. That's a stupid name. It's so stupid. Anyway, the game not stupid. Really cool. Um if you've played something like Final Fantasy Tactics, you kind of understand how it works but in this tactical game basically you have the grid and you have the enemies whenever two of your characters are um, basically uh, in, a, in a what do you call it? in a pincer um, what do you call that again uh, in a pincer position so one, one, uh, one of your characters in front one of your characters behind the enemy once you pull off an attack it always sets off a chain of a double attack so both Both of you attack, and if you hit the the weak spot, you are most likely able to take out an enemy within the same turn, as long as they don't have like a really big health pool. Um, but they can also do that to you, so you really have to be careful in how you position your characters. Uh, I don't, uh, thinking back really hard, there is no redo, so once an enemy or once, um, not an enemy sorry once an enemy or a character dies you don't have the ability to go back uh but luckily this is just a a, a demo so even though if a like a char- plot character dies it comes back later so you don't have to worry about that because i had a plot character die twice I was like, you know what? I don't want to redo this whole battle again (laughs) because I was almost at the end and the character died. I'm like, ah, crap. You know what? Whatever. And then the story (laughs) continued and the character was back and was like, oh, okay. Oh, right. This is a demo. No ridiculously harsh imposements. Although the developers did mention that the battles in the demo were specifically made more difficult then they're going to be in the final game because they want feedback from people on how that feels smart. So yeah, they always do that. Like with Octopath Traveler, they did that. They did that with um, Bravely Default 2, even though it's a different team that's doing it. Um, so yeah, it's, it's really cool that they're doing that. And that game is coming out next year as well. So they're getting their feedback in early. Yeah. It has always worked for them in the past to get the feedback because it has made for better decisions in like the game design. I can't say the same for bravely default Two. after I saw a couple of the reviews, apparently they took out some quality of life um, features that were in the original games, which makes absolutely no sense. So hopefully the feedback that they'll get from this is good and that they'll make better decisions in, you know, fine tuning and balancing the game, um, out. Um, there's an interesting aspect to, to, uh, triangle strategy, which is, so you have the story elements, um, but the story elements go deeper because you have like decisions that you make and you have, um, dialogue trees that influence the character's decisions. Uh, which makes it really cool because I don't think I've ever seen a a, a a strategy JRPG that has ever tackled like multiple decision trees and having multiple endings. Most JRPGs tend to be very cookie-cutter and straightforward with their story. Even if they have multiple endings, they have very clear, distinct moments in the game. This game has it too, but throughout the entire game, the main character has to make different uh, has to answer different questions and you always three options that lean into one or the other so your gameplay the end of the sorry at the end of the day your story should look different from your friend's story if they can pull it off it'll be amazing i have no idea <laughs> <laughs> but it is a really cool game the like the tactics aspect is actually really cool because they also play with like height differences and stuff like that. It really does feel like the natural evolution of what Final Fantasy Tactics would have been if they continued on from the original PlayStation game and not what they did in Game Boy Advance. I really hate that game. I really hate that they did that. I really hate that they just basically ruined that whole sub area of Final Fantasy. So I feel like this might be a redeeming moment for them.
1: Nice, nice.
0: And that's basically it. Yeah.
1: And I think with that we've come to the end of a nice episode of Game Rivals. Yeah.
0: Wait, we're not gonna do hidden gems.
1: Uh, I can't really think of one to be
0: honest. Can you? I do have one, and if you if you'll permit me, I'll I'll do it real quickly. Okay. All right. So. It, yeah, I'm not going to do the whole thing because it's just quickly at the end. Uh, my hidden gem, at the very least, is Miitopia. Um, it recently got announced as one of the games in the Direct. Um, but the original game was a 3DS game. So, yes, they are now also porting 3DS games to Switch. And I really hope that people pick up Metopia because it's a really fun JRPG. Um, made by nintendo uh, if you've played the street pass um jrpg mini game called find me if i'm not mistaken like in the American version it's called find me and um, I think in the European version it was called street pass quest uh, it's basically if you've played any dragon quest game it's like that but the 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 twist is of course all the characters are me and you can choose. Who plays what role, including the 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 demon lord? You can make whatever me that you want and make it that. For example, in uh, in my playthrough of Me Topia on the 3DS, I think I made Reggie Fisa made the demon lord, and wow, then my, okay. my my party <laughs> characters consisted, consisted of me, so a me of myself, um, uh, Mr. Iwata. I think I also had Shigeru Miyamoto in there and um, a friend of mine from J- another friend of mine from Japan. Uh, and you, get, you can get more characters, and the whole plot is that the, the, the demon lord has been stealing everybody's faces. So, all the villagers, like almost all the villagers, have no face, and you have to retrieve everybody's faces back, including that um, from the princess nice nice. and i think who was my i you can make the king as as well and i think i think my king was um, dang i i was another no i i think it was another character oh wait no sorry my king was reggie fezume the dark lord was the 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 president before iwada yamauchi i made Yama, i Yamauchi son the dark lord Damn, that wow. is dark. <laughs> <laughs> it looks so silly too because the king is like this really fat dude oh, who on. can't move and just eat stuff <laughs> and I think I made I think I made Princess Peach or something or Princess Zelda I made her the princess I don't remember I'd have to replay the game back. how surprising <laughs> Oh, but but yeah, you can do crazy stuff like that. You can make any me characters you want, and then make them a part of your party, or like a crucial NPC, or what have you. And it's just it's just so much fun. Plus, there's a if you've played Persona Five or Persona Four or any of the other Persona games that have the the social link thing, you can also build up relationships within your party members so that they help each other out during battle. And what's new to the Switch version is that you can also recruit horses Oh, nice! as a mount, but also as a party member. That I'm pretty sure that wasn't in the original game. So I'm actually curious how that's going to work. So, yeah, that's Meetopia. If you have a 3DS and you're curious, pick it up on there. If you're curious, you can also wait and wait for it to come out on Switch and play it there as well because it's a really fun game. I promise you, you'll at least get some laughs out of it.
1: That's uh, good to hear.
0: Uh, do you have a hidden gem you would like to share, Havoc? or? Uh, real quick,
2: um, Immortal Phoenix Rising. Um, I think this one released during the, the new uh, consoles, and it, it was a bit like Assassin's Creed for kiddos, but it's not that. It's way more than that. I never heard anyone talk about it that much. Uh, but I think it really deserves the attention because it is like Assassin's Creed, but you have wings, so that's a, that's a plus. Um, the, the graphic style is great; it, it's way more colorful. It has humor; it has good humor, and it's not as long as Assassin's Creed. I think I put ninety hours in Valhalla, and then I was just oh, finally, I'm done. <laughs> and th- this game you can complete within twenty-five hours, so it's not that long, so uh, it doesn't stretch out that that bit of that much. And, yeah, it's just a quick, fun version of Assassin's Creed with gods and, and wings and, and mythical creatures. And I had so much fun playing this, and I just think it needs more attention than that it, that it had because it's, it's just... It feels like Assassin's Creed's little brother, but it's way more than that. I, uh, the
1: funny thing is, is I have it on my list. I still want to play it, but it feels like um, Assassin's Creed scored better but sold less or is less popular, and this game reviewed less, but it's popular, at least that's like the yeah. feeling that I'm getting. Um, yeah. it, it looks amazing as you said, and I still want to play it. Um,
2: yeah, if, if you want to get a visual uh, picture Assassin's Creed and Zelda The Wind Waker together, and that's this game.
1: Nice.
2: Yeah. yeah. I really recommend you to play it. Did you you play it on Xbox, or? I play everything on Xbox, buddy. Okay. Okay. Yeah, <laughs> but I think you also said
1: you have a Switch, so...
2: Uh, yeah, somewhere. Somewhere. <laughs> Locked the in cool a cage. thing
0: about that, though, is is that um, because it's using the new Ubisoft Connect, the save mm-hmm. file is transferable through all versions. So if you happen to have a Switch version and an Xbox version, you can easily transfer the save file from one to the other. Say, for example, if you're if you're heading out and you want to play it on the go, you can transfer the save file to your Switch, play it. When you come back, you transfer it back to your Xbox and continue where you left off.
2: Yeah. Which yeah, is really, really awesome. good
0: because the Switch version looks fine, but it has some limitations to the visual.
2: Yeah,
0: I'm not surprised there. Lighting.
1: Specifically lighting. Yeah. And with that, we have come to the end of this really fun episode of Game Rivals. Thank you for joining us, Havoc. Um, sure, no problem at all. Where can people find you? Because I know that you do a lot of cool stuff with Star Wars. It's one of your big passions.
2: Yeah. Um, follow me on Instagram. At Star Wars Games NL. Uh, I have a big, big project coming up. I can't talk about it at this moment, uh, but since May the 4th is just around the corner, I might talk about it soon. Uh, so just follow me on Instagram, and there will be a link in the bio over there to a YouTube page um, that's recently started. And on that page, I'll interview people who work on Star Wars. The first episode just went up. Uh, I talked with David Collins, who worked at LucasArts and now works at Skywalker Sound. Uh, so he did uh, some work on The Mandalorian, on the recent Star Wars movies, but he started with games like The Fortune Least and that kind of stuff. So I had a fun interview with him. So if you have an hour to spare, listen to that and more to come. And like I said, one big-ass project coming up on that YouTube page as well. So go to the Instagram page. and Everything you need is right there. Star Wars Games NL.
1: Awesome. We will uh, make sure to... Uh... Let people know, and I'm really curious now. Uh, so I can't. I hope <laughs> May fourth is uh, can't get here fast enough. Exactly. Um, with that, you can find us uh, on all sorts of social platforms. Of course, the podcast is available on Anchor. Um, you can leave us also a voice message through Anchor. You don't have to download the app for it. There's a link in the description you can use. Um, we have uh, available. We're available on Apple Podcast, Spotify, Overcast, Google Podcast. Uh, I say this every week, but if there's a cast, we're probably there. Um, you can email us, GameRivalsFeedback at Jibo.com. You can tweet at us, at game underscore rivals, uh, underscore. uh Maximilian is also on Twitter, at Maximilian. Um, you can find us on Instagram, at GameRivals. That's where I'm mostly at. You can find uh, Maximilian on Instagram as well, at MaximilianX. Head on over, check out his uh, Nintendo Direct Response video. It's a really fun video. Um and he does also sort of cool other stuff around Nintendo because you know we all love Nintendo. <laughs> <laughs> and um that's basically it. Um I have and always will be Sean
0: Templer. I have and always will be Maximilian X. And I don't know if Havoc wants to join in.
2: I, I think I will be Havoc for the rest of my life as well. So <laughs> <laughs> nice.
1: <laughs> Thank you for joining, and we'll catch you on the next one.
2: Later. Bye bye.